A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, 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 hello. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are. My name is Alex Q, and welcome to the 10th episode of Miscast. Always change. And with change, I'm going to ask my guests a riddle. You ready, guys? (laughs) Different lights do make me strange. Thus, into different sizes, I will change. What am I? Um, bizarre. I mean, uh, that is true, but that's not the answer to the riddle. A window. Ooh, that's a good one. It's not the answer, but that is a good one. Can you give it to us again, please, Alex? Of course, of course I can. Different lights, and do play along, listener. Uh, especially <laughs> Stephen <laughs> Jack, who love this, who love this part, because this is just <laughs> for them. Different lights do make me strange. Thus, into different sizes, I will change. Oh, uh, is it your um, like your iris or your retina? Yeah, look at that. Owen, straight in there. Knew Owen would get it. Gosh, riddles in the dark with Owen. I like games. I don't know if anyone knew that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So now all the titles going forward are going to be riddles. So anyway, this is the tenth episode in our uh, series of nonsense, where each episode, using the expertise of my superstar co-hosts and special guest, we discuss tabletop topics that we hope will help improve your generalship, expertise, and enjoyment of your gaming experience. It's the podcast that talks nonsense and sense, as you've just heard, and it's the podcast that's had some very weird food experiences this month. (laughs) Very weird food experiences this month. I'll start with the first one. So, are you both all aware 
of the psychopaths that don't eat cereal at breakfast time, but uh, even in yeah. the evening. Yeah, I did hear once actually that if you um, if you stop the ability to like eat cereal at any time of the day, then you're basically your childhood is dead, and it's it's oh, adulthood for you. Sad. I know. Yeah. Um, but so I'm yeah. one of these psychopaths, <laughs> and <laughs> I I dislike cereal in the mornings. If I ever eat cereal, it's in the evenings. So anyway, Excellent. this month. I thought, oh, I've seen all these adverts for this these, this protein cereal. Have you seen these? No. These, like, weird, like, it's just protein. It's like, it feels like a protein shake, but in cereal form. Sounds like and, you're going to get black poo. Well, you're, you're, you're not far off. So <laughs> I decided that I was a bit hungry, but not too hungry that I wanted a full meal. So I thought, oh, I'll just try some of this protein cereal stuff. So get home, nice bit of cold milk, straight in the protein cereal, Eating it away, mm, actually tastes not too bad. It doesn't. It's not too chemically. Just thinking, mm, this is. I'm enjoying this. <laughs> Thirty minutes pass. Mm-hmm. I feel something tingling in my stomach. Yeah. And I thought, okay, interesting. Maybe it's my stomach enjoying this proteiny goodness. <laughs> About five minutes after that, something happens. <laughs> Literally okay. out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. I, I, I thought, what the fuck was that? I literally jumped up. It was obviously me passing wind, right? <laughs> and I thought, well, that's weird. This continued for 12 hours. 12. 12 hours. I'm not even joking. And I felt completely fine. Just, just constant. Which is constant. Like every five, ten minutes, I was like, what is going on? I didn't feel unwell. I didn't. Without going into too much information, I didn't need to go to the toilet. I didn't vomit, nothing. I was completely fine, other than the fact every 10 minutes, I sounded like a foghorn. So Did hold on. Just, just constant. You ate some sugar guffs, is that right? Wow, wow. You- Did you enjoy it? Were you like have it, which bit the cereal or the twelve hours? Twelve hours of farting. It was fine up until two a.m. where I actually woke <laughs> myself up with one of them. Like <laughs> genuinely, I woke up. I was like, what, "What the fuck was that?" I was like, "Oh, it's still me from six hours ago, just going crazy." So, has yeah. your partner ever woke themselves up farting before? Uh, no. Oh, Alex this sounds it. like a this sounds like a story already. <laughs> oh no, no, just. Randomly, sometimes Alex will fart and it'll wake us, she'll wake herself up. <laughs> <laughs> really well, appreciate it. Things because this was, cr- I haven't tried it again since. I kind of was going to say, stick into porridge then, Ain. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stick into, uh, stick into the usual stuff. I've, it's just never happened to me before where I've been completely fine. And anyway, so yeah, yeah. that's what happened this month. So if any of you out there have been pretty cereal or have the same reaction, um, do send it into our Twitter feed, and um, we can uh, we can talk about it. Uh, right. <laughs> I wait with bated breath. Jesus, Alex. <laughs> you you should see some of the crap that does get sent into our Twitter feed. It's uh, <laughs> you lot you lot are nuts, by the way. So you can hear my first co-hosts uh, already. Uh, mm. He hasn't screamed out pervert yet. He goes by at Positive Victim on Twitter. It's Darren Watson. Hello, lovely. Hi, Darren. Hello. You grand? How's it going? 
Yeah, very well. I've been um, I've I've been amused all day by by Alex. <laughs> Not um, me, Alex. Guess, by the way. No, just, no, just my my fiance. Um, our, our guest is um, is quite au fait with Alex, <laughs> and so hopefully, hopefully that you'll find this amusing. Um, so this week she's just been she's been on a right one. So it all started when we went to the cinema. And <laughs> we, we went to set up. What film did we see? It must have been shit. I can't quite remember it. But anyway, that's not the funny bit. She 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 got the tickets, and we we go into the the theatre, and it's you know it's it's not a very popular film. Probably why I can't remember it. There's not many people in there. And anyway, we're, we're we're getting to our seats, and there are two people that are in the middle of the middle of the theatre, and we <laughs> end up sitting right behind them. And I'm like. Alex, what, you do know like those weird those weird people that sit next to you on the bus when there's no one else on the bus. Yeah, the whole <laughs> bus is empty, and they literally come and sit next to you. Yeah, I've whispered to Alex, why the why the fuck are we these people? And she's gone. What? Well, when I when I selected the tickets, the two seats were blocked out, and I thought this is great. That means they're unavailable, so we'll sit behind them, and then no one will be able to. <laughs> 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 I was like, Alex, they're blocked. They weren't available because people are fucking taking. <laughs> so that so that's that's kept me abused. Um, wow, well, just for fucking hours. Then the next thing is we we've recently got Sky, and you can speak into the um, the remote, which is wonderful, and you can say things like Netflix, and it will change the it will change the TV magically over to Netflix. Um, so we were watching um, what we were watching the Diplomat. We were trying to watch the other day, but I I couldn't. I, the, Alex had the remote. Normally, I have the remote, but Alex had the remote this time. And I said, "I'll find the diplomat." Then, so she confidently picked up the remote, pressed the button to go and speak, said very confidently and with lots of gusto, "Alex." <laughs> <laughs> and, and, <laughs> suffice to say, they didn't. <laughs> Sky didn't find the diplomat. <laughs> Which that that in itself is just uh, I'm still uh, <laughs> and the the third thing that sort of amused me is today Alex sleeps with a smile on her face and I'm often up way before her because I barely sleep because well, actually she falls asleep with a smile yeah no, she sleeps all night with a smile on her face and it pisses me well, off like the, like the fucking Joker it's 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 mental. And then, obviously, I'm an insomniac, so like it's like she's telling me to fuck off all night. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I, so sometimes I catch her waking up, and I, I caught her waking up this morning, and she sort of she's smiling and she nuzzles and she goes, and then all of a sudden her face scrunches up, and I was like, "Oh, are you all right, Alex? What's up?" And she went, "Oh, you're angry." And I was like, "All right, why am I angry? Oh, you've just, you've just, you've just, <laughs> you've just slipped on pudding." <laughs> right and it made you drop your own pudding <laughs> I was like, okay and then she sort of came to and she went oh sorry that was i was dreaming i was like what the fuck what the fuck are you dreaming about she was like well apparently <laughs> you were cross with me because i'd gone outside to rescue a parrot from our rabbit <laughs> which meant that you'd slipped on some pudding and dropped your pudding and that's all i can remember so my girlfriend has some fucking bizarre dreams, and that's. Uh... I mean, I've got questions about your rabbit for starters. Yeah. Dreaming about. You've got the so, bloody yeah, so... Monty Python rabbit that starts jumping <laughs> on people's necks. So yeah, I've just been this week. I've just been completely in awe of my fiance. Just 
doing wonderful things like that. <laughs> oh, well, that's nice. That is nice. And um, out, outside of your fiance dreaming about rabbits and pudding, um, Onwards AOS won a tournament, Darren. Yes, we did. Yes, yes. Shout out to the guys. Lovely. Uh, but one of the thirstiest tournaments um, in the UK, Blood Tithe, was not last weekend, the weekend before. I believe. Were, were you there, Owen? I was there, yes. I was yeah. there. Lovely. Yeah. I and, think, yeah, when was it? It was, yeah, yeah, not the weekend past, the weekend before, um, in Red Hill, just outside London. And almost took a team, um, head up by Coach Luke. Uh, Luke, Tobias, Philip, Dan Bradshaw um, was a guest uh, guest appearance, and uh, they took it out, bless them. Um, and I was very particularly pleased, because all the thirsty fuckers were at Blood Tithe, which meant that I could go to the Hans GT that was on the same weekend and go five <laughs> zero. So we got a we got a five zero onwards AOS team and a five zero. What are you head head, head coach? coach head, head honcho head honcho? Yeah, <laughs> numero uno as, as wanky as that say. sounds. Yeah, it was a it was a good week for us. I tell you what was really nice at the event. Um, shout out to Sam Boyce. He um, had his first three two. He's one of our he's one of our patrons, and he was absolutely made up. And it was just like that was so it was so satisfying. You know, you're like, oh fuck, what we what we do is like making a difference. You know, and he was really super pleased, and he was really nice about. Um, you know, his time that he's had with us and he's seeing results. Yeah, yeah. And that's the, um, yeah, that, that was really, really satisfying. Yeah, it was a good weekend. Good week on for the, on, oh, the onwards awesome. crew. So you'd say that the coaches won and patrons got better. And therefore, if you would like to get better at this game, other than nah. this is a podcast, <laughs> where, where can they find this onwards AOS, Darren? I swear, listener, I swear Alex is not on commission. <laughs> um it's we've got a patron you can follow it um you can get the link on my twitter feed or let me just the website is uh patreon.com slash onwards aos you're most welcome so there you go no excuses now dear listener if you want to get better at the game go and see these lovely gentlemen and talk to them about your stuff but enough about plugging darren shit let's get (laughs) our second co-host in he is the sexy socked seductor himself. You can find him <laughs> at Sock on My Sigma on the gram. He is at OJ180 on Twitter. It's the Owen Jackson. Hi, wow. Owen. Hello. Hello. Um, you really do keep up with all these name changes I have on Instagram, don't you? You really, you really, yeah, it's, you really, it's a full time job keeping up with you. Really, you should stop changing them on Instagram so much. I know. I just, it's like I can't ever decide what socks I want to wear in the morning, and I can't really <laughs> decide on what my handle's going to be. Um, yeah, but no. Um, hello. Yes, I'm. I'm very well, Alex. Um, nice Good. to be here as usual. Um, and you just said you were at the. Um... The team tournament, how was that? Was that all right? Yeah, I had a little look at my calendar because I was trying to figure out when we last recorded and I sort of thought, what have I been up to? Um, yeah. Oh, don't start because the Twitterati will be, they've been at me all bloody week. You know who you are about it's how we don't record Nathan. enough. <laughs> oh. Sorry. <laughs> and Tom. <laughs> <laughs> you know who you um, are, but yeah. <clears throat> 
So, yeah, I mean, there's been quite a lot going on. Um, obviously, uh, AOS Worlds is around the corner, and I'm playing for for, for Wales, obviously. Um, oh, yeah, the so, lists are in now, aren't they? Lists are in, and there was lots of focus around that. And I think, obviously, we'll we'll touch on this with our with our guest um, in a little bit. But it's I don't know. I don't know if anyone else. But we don't we don't know the lists yet, though, do we? It's all secret. Yes, this is true. Uh, Keep it I know, secret. I know. Keep it safe. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think they're being released next week, perhaps. But I mean, if you're if you're um, minded to, you can always just look at what the players are taking to singles events, and generally that that will be a, a little a little guide on what they're taking. Um, a little hint, a little snippet a little, for you. There's little, no yeah. tips. Yeah. So just just trawl through BCP like me, um, and you can research <laughs> the hell out of all the teams. Um, <clears throat> You could not be as obsessed as me. That might probably did they yeah. did they cut off the um, speaking yes, of which because this is what our podcast is about is tomes. Did they yeah. um, did they was there a cut off of what tomes you could use? Yeah, so um, no uh, new soul blight or um, or OBR, but everything prior to that. So the last couple, so the Slanesh Corn, Caradron Overlords. Um, so yeah, and just. By the time the world's tournament starts, which is the first week of, excuse me, the first week of June, I think there'll be like, yeah, there'll be Seraphon, Ossiark, Bone Reapers, and Soul Blight, which will be playing at singles, but not at, at the event. Which I, I really like it. Actually, I like I like that as a stance. Having a hard cutoff point um, gives everyone a fair playing field for you know knowledge of all the tomes and stuff. So I, I like that. Um, but yeah, it has meant that I've been trying some things out, and I went to the Justice Series in Liverpool since we last talked. Um, did terribly, but had a nice time. Had some lovely chicken on the Saturday night, and got that's to play some people I hadn't yeah. played, played before. Um, always well yeah. run those events, aren't they? Oh, it's always a blooming such a um, like such a shark tank up there in Liverpool. There's only about forty players, but. Lots of names that you'd recognise. So I, I and I tried a list that was kind of in you know in the running and and yeah, fifty percent me, fifty percent my headspace and and probably a little bit of the list as well. I, I tried out the Vexler spam Stormcast list with a Prime and four dragons and um, yeah, kind of it's re- felt really like hard mode. I think finally it's time if anybody really wants to compete, whether it be singles or teams. Stormcast ain't it. You can go 4-1 with Stormcast, I think. I'm not sure what everyone else thinks, but I just, yeah. So I, I tried to make Stormcast work for a while. And then our mantra for this year with Wales was just that we're not going to mess around and, you know, <laughs> if you want to take filth, take filth. So um, I bought and painted a Caradron Overlords army in a week, and now I'm the bad guy. Boo! <laughs> Boo! 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 Um, go to 40k. <laughs> it's pretty bonk yeah i call it uh 40ko <laughs> <laughs> it's so obvious it's so obvious. It was how is um how is playing one turn games um i mean i i'm a little bit more of a um a conservative player so i'm not the kind of sorry two turn games <laughs> they're great, they're great. <laughs> 
No, I went. So I went to Blood Tithe and took that, and I had a really good time with a sort of affiliated Wales team. There were quite a few teams there that were sort of like adjacent to the national teams, but with silly names. So I played with Alex Bruce and Mark Brooks, and then Luke um, Churches dropped in at the last second to help because we had a drop. Um, so yeah, we played. I played KO there, and I mean, I'm okay at Warhammer, um, but I was completely unprepared and got paired into some good matchups and some, some okay ones. And yeah, I, I dropped a game. I lost to Math Mallow with Sylvaneth um, in the first game. And then I managed to pick up four wins. And I, as a team, we did well and came 10th. So I just wanted to shout those boys out. Ooh, but yeah, it's all, all road lead to Amsterdam now. Um, Amsterdam. So, Amsterdam, yes. Amsterdam. Um, so I, one thing I won't ramble on too much, but, um, I wanted to shout out Richie and Mark Wilson because, uh, so Richie McCallie and Mark, which are the TOs for those two events, because I'm currently on the last, you know, it's two days before the Welsh open, which Dan Arnold and I are running in Cardiff at Firestorm and gosh, so much work goes into these tournaments and it's like, I don't know, the, the, the prizes get given out on the Sunday afternoon and everyone has a hug and you say goodbye and you get on the train and then it's sort of, you're on to the next thing and, you know, the amount of work that goes in, I think that, yeah, being a tournament organiser can be a, a bit of a thankless task. So I'm going to use this platform to thank them specifically and TOs in general because, it's, yeah, it's a lot of work. Right. Um, nice. And then, yeah, yeah. that just, yeah, my, my focus now is, um, yeah, looking forward to, to the Welsh Open. We've got just about 60 players, which I think seeing as it's on the same weekend as Fest is really good. Um and we've just literally put the battle plans and the lists out. So, um, uh, Chris, who we're going to introduce, when we get off this call, mate, you can go and um, dive into all the lists after this because um, they are all there for you. Um, but, yeah, that's me. Uh, I would give myself a uh, 7.8 out of 10 currently in life. Oh, well, that is excellent. <laughs> 7.8 is good enough. I'll round it up to an 8. So you're an 8 out of 10. Perfect. Okay. Fine. Um, there are lots of questions, Owen, mm-hmm. about dating history to Twitter. You can no, or cannot answer these questions on this podcast. It's up okay. to you. Okay. Uh, well, can I hear them first? <laughs> <laughs> no, go blind. Go blind. <clears throat> uh, go blind into the night. Okay, hit me. Come on then, whatever. People aren't really. How's it going? Good. Any more than that, or are we just going to stop it? Good. It's good. Yep. Yep. Good. So there we go. Ev Twitter. There you go. There's your answers to the <laughs> questions that you wanted answered. Uh, it's good. So if you want any more answers, either hit up Owen on Sock or My Sigma on Instagram. Send him a send him a DM, or at OJ180 on Twitter, and I'm sure he can discuss it more in depth with you. I am not going to answer any more of those messages though. So uh, okay, to contact Owen for those. Yeah. <laughs> right. Shall we get our lovely guest in, who we've heard a few times already? He's been described by some as a complete nutcase. (laughs) Some say that he also thinks I'm the best podcaster of all time, which is nice. So thanks. He is a Welsh descending wizard, part of Team Wales and GT winner. You can find him at... Oldest T on Twitter. It's Chris Myhill, everybody. Hi, Chris. 
Hello. Right, I just want to apologise now. Dan Healan, I did not say that. You've always been my favourite. <laughs> Dan, Dan Healan doesn't podcast anymore, so he can't say shit. So sorry, Dan. <laughs> it's, you're out. It's me now, baby. I actually, I hope GT was recommended they listen to this show. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I was, I was I should... just about to say Dan Who, so I hope that they can. Oh, nice. <laughs> Dan, Dan Hoolan. Dan Hoolan. <laughs> that would have worked. Who? Yeah. No, Wayne, um, Wayne was asking, uh, you know, is there a good show out? And I actually recommended this one. Oh, thanks, mate. I mean, shout out to Dan and Wayne. I, I listened, used to listen to Helan Matt. I should have started with, yo, 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 instead oh, at the start, shouldn't I? How old is that? So, <laughs> if anyone doesn't know what the fuck we're talking about, uh, Helan Hammer was a podcast back in, back in 50 years ago, um, back in... Fancy days, so go and check it out. I'm sure you can find some of the episodes. No, you can't. They're gone now. Oh, well, you can't. So tough. Uh, yeah. But this podcast is better anyway. So, Chris, uh, <laughs> how's things been? All right. Yes, I am alive. But, well, that's, that's good. I went to the seven point eight out of ten. How about yourself? I'm, I'm easily in nine point one. Oh, nine point one. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Right. Well, it's, it's uh, thank you for coming on. It's very nice, and we're going to talk. Just quickly. We're just quickly, I'm 9.2, Chris, so I beat you. <laughs> Is that because you're older and got more years? <laughs> I would say everyone can type in to our Twitter feed what they are out of 10, and we'll see who has the highest. But I, I think this will get out of control, so <laughs> have to Someone would put one. the Infinity Emblem up, wouldn't they? Well, yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, thanks for coming on. Um, we're going to chat about some... We're going to chat about changes, if you didn't get it from my amazing riddle at the start. We're going to talk, we're going to talk about changes. Um, and so Chris has kindly come on and we're going to talk about uh, what, what you do about looking at new tomes and considering how many bloody tomes have come out in the last, what, what, how many have we had in the last month and a half? Like 27. Five? 27. Mm. Uh, nearly 27. And so obviously... Uh, we want to just chat about how do you, how the hell you even go about, or should you go about, digesting all of this stuff. So Chris has kindly come on. So thanks, Chris, for that. Um, and thanks to everyone else for all your comments and messages. Shout out to the um, party at the All Points and Rage of Sigma guys, who, other than you should go listen to their hilarious podcasts, um, uh, always good fun. So thanks to those guys, because it's kind of hilarious out on the twits. Um and finally, um, just before we get into our main subject, we need to discuss the most important subject. That's clocks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when yeah. Do go, when do they go back, Alex? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to give you a clock riddle, but I might do that next time. Um, so we do actually need to discuss clocks again in all seriousness at some point because Worlds is coming up again. Are you, are you clocked up, Owen? Hey, I've got Chris? a clock story for you, actually. This is very prescient. Oh, um, go on then. Ooh. Clock me up. I got clocked out at Blood Ties. Oh, yeah. did you? Yeah. Who clocked you out? Um, How did you take it? Awfully. I was a salty yeah. little bitch. <laughs> I got my rag. So I did apologise to him at the time, and I also gave him the opportunity to do a combat, which then would have made me lose the game. So I don't want to get his name wrong. It was one of the da- the Danes were over in force, and they were mm. smacking it. And it was one of the Danish teams. So it was a guy called. Mal- Malta, Malta, Malta. 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 They don't talk about. Oh well, now, you, they? now you're going to ask me to do a Danish accent. Brilliant. No, please don't. Please don't. I've got yes. friends over there. No. Um, <laughs> do it. 
Uh, yeah, so I got, yeah, it, it became obvious after a little while that I had like literally 20 minutes to do three turns. And um, yeah, I, I, I clocked out and um, didn't. With KO? Yes. Fucking hell. What were you Darren, doing? Darren, there's a lot of dice you got to roll I was in say, every it's shooting all those phase. Thunder it's a lot of dice. <laughs> it's not, that's not what the problem was. He was thinking of a pose. After he'd done his one turn victory, he was thinking of what pose to pull. I'm doing lost. it wrong, man. I'm doing it wrong. Obviously, that would make more sense. <laughs> what pose did you go for? I, I just went for the, the, the silverback, you know, both fists on the table, leaning over and then breathing directly into my opponent's face. From Good old traditional. Five, Lovely. Away. Lovely. I'd go for the salute, you know, the ship salute. The captain okay. The ship. Yeah, that's what I'd do. Um, if I was a psychopath. So, yeah, and everyone out there who, um, I mean, I need to, yeah, I need to get back on the clocks because um, it was a bit of a rude awakening. Like, what did he say when he clocked you out? Did he say anything? No, it was kind of, it was like this kind of, I was just getting more and more stressed because I was like, I've got 30 seconds to do my shooting phase. This is never going to happen. Um, he must but, have been really confused. How the fuck has a KO player been? <laughs> hey, I'm obviously a, a, a so-so pro when it comes to KO, right? Um, I mean, I killed eight flies by the time he got to his second turn. Um, and then oh, he he's playing could, Nurgle, was he? Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. a bit more understandable, to be fair. No, no, it's not, Alex. Don't give him any out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, clocks. We should we should have a big clock chat after uh, Worlds. How about that? We'll we'll book it in now, shall we? I'm looking for there, there. You go, Laurie. We'll talk about clocks. The clock is ticking. <clears throat> <sighs> wow, wow. Hi. Okay, so we'll talk about clocks. But anyway, we're not talking about clocks today. We're talking about tomes. So. Dr. Professor Christopher Myhill. Tomes. I'm a doctor now. Yes. And a professor. Um, tomes. PhD. As we've said, we've got so many to- 27 tomes in the last three weeks. And that's a lot of info to go through. And we've talked previously on this podcast about list writing and strategy and everything else. But with the amount of tomes coming out and the amount of information, new information, uh, we just want to talk a bit about how you guys go about digesting it all or whether you do digest it all so i guess my first question is um are you someone with this volume of stuff that reads every tome that comes out do you go through all of them and try and go through all of them in one go or do you see one that kind of takes your fancy and you just go f- for that one to start with well it's, um well i've got them all i just haven't oh, read you them buy all. them all yeah you got to Oh, fair enough. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Okay, so you got them all, yeah. Got them all, and then you set up, you know, you set them around in a circle, put a bottle in the middle, and you spin one. (laughs) (laughs) So it's a highly scientific-based method. I mean, yeah. (laughs) No, obviously I've always got my armies, haven't I, that I like to go for. Yeah. So I'll always be looking for them when they come up. Come out like oh, so OBR. It's, so it's like a favourite one, like OBR or or lizards. OBR, lizards as well. Yes, no. yeah, lizards is always going to be a favourite of mine. It's something I've been battling with since Age of Sigma started, whether yeah. to use them or not. <laughs> and I started to, but Darren knows that I've been battling with that for years. <laughs> it's it's a well known difficult task for everyone, I think. Is to well, I've got like no I had well back in the day before Age of Sigma, I had a lot of models. I still have those models, and. I just couldn't bring myself to play it in Age of Sigma. Couldn't do the transition, but now I have. Yeah. And then yeah, yeah. Idenf is another one of mine. It's another one of the little more favourite ones. 
Okay, mm-hmm. so it, you'll see a, you'll see a, like a favorite faction come out, and then you'll read through that tome. And yeah. The other ones, will you get will you get round to them or no? Will you ever get? Yeah, to no. Them? So it'd be a thought process. So if I'm sat talking or I'm thinking, and like I'll be having a conversation with Darren or with Rick or with Sharky or whoever, and then I might get an idea about what something does and think of some sort of like synergies or something that might work into another army, and then have to explore it. So I could be yeah. talking about like one of my games that. I don't know, I played in this spell that was cast and I was like, oh, that was a bit nasty. That did that. Hang on, is that keyworded? Then I'll start looking at the time again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so that's very similar to something that um, I guess I could call him Coach Simon Weekly now, uh, back on our episode three. I'm going to say three. Mm, I think I it's three. About our <laughs> list writing episode where Simon talked that he gets a kind of idea. He kind of sees a war scroll or he sees a a rule that he quite likes. So is that kind of similar for you? You you kind of get an interaction there for that book and that gets you interested. Yeah, basically. You have to forgive me. I'm losing my voice again, aren't I? <laughs> no, so you're all apologies. good. Um, no, yeah. No, that yeah, that's where I'd go. I'd be like, something hits me in the head. You have a little epiphany, light bulb goes off. Then you get excited, flap your arms for a couple of minutes, then you have to find the book. You find the book and read it and get disheartened because it was key. And so, sorry, go on, Owen. No, no, go on, go on. I was just going to say, like, taking it back slightly, like, how do you sort of consume the information? Like, do you watch much content? You know, there's lots of shows out there now where people like leak the book or there's like previews or there's Wahapedia, like, do you wait for the, to have the book in your hand? Like, what's your, I want to know what the Chris Myhill modus operandi is. Like, how, I, do you, how do you tackle it? I have to shut off from everyone, one th- especially if it's an army I've got an investment in, because I'm very sentimental, so I'll put everything into, I've got, like, my little army. So for me, the Prime's what brought me into Age of Sigma, because I love the model. Mm-hmm. So I'm really super, like, invested into that model, as strange as that sounds. No, I don't sleep with it at night. Yeah, um, you do. Just on the side <laughs> table. <laughs> and then, as we all know, my Eidolons for Idenf, and then the Seraphic. You know, I've got I form attachments with my models for some reason. Don't know why. It's not creepy. I do talk to them. Sometimes <laughs> they talk back. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, and what's the question again? I sort of tuned out. I really started thinking about my models. <laughs> <laughs> Start thinking about the prime, and you got all excited. You forgot. What you oh, it was just like, yeah. How do you consume a book, or like, what do you? Yeah, like you know, do you do you wait? As you say, you wait for the book. You like to form your own opinion, or do you kind of you you take? I don't like the public, and not in a horrible way. Just everyone gets their ideas. You have like what you called it, like the think tank. I don't like that because I have to be different. I don't want to do what everyone else is doing because then it's not me. Then I'm playing someone else's game, and I might as well put a hundred robots in a room and play them. So I, I want to find me, so I will shut off as much as I can because it's difficult now, isn't it, with everything that's linked. Yeah. But I will shut off and hide away and just like put fingers in my ears and go la 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 la, so that when the book does happen, I can read it and then formulate my own thought process. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And once you've done that process for one book and you found something and you thought, oh, that's quite cool, you then, I mean, for those that don't know, you guys have got a lovely like. Uh, table setup and everything where you can just try this stuff out do you then go straight to trying it out or will you then move on to the next book and do that for that one and keep going until you've finished or will you do it one at a time if that makes sense um well because there's quite a lot of us and like obviously 
you know, Darren benefits from this and you know, I do as well. It's like, what will fascinate Darren, I'll be on something else nine times out of ten. And the same for like Rick and then the other people within inside the, the group. And then so it sort of works itself out when we want to play our games. So yeah. like Celeste dropped in it recently and then you've yeah. got OBR that's dropped. So I'm a, I love my OBR, so does Owen. And Rick loves Celeste. So he's trying out his ideas with that one. So I get to learn the book and information from that because he's obviously feeding it back to me and then I'm playing my OBR or whatever. Yeah. And you, and yeah, so you get to get you get multiple things going off at the same time, so you can see what it all does, and you can talk your ideas out with each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's so, and I know you said you don't like the group thing, but it's almost like a you have your individual think for your for your favourite faction, but then you use the other members of your group for the other stuff to try and pick up that information. Yeah, I wait, I wait for them to tell me I'm wrong, and then I will tell them they're wrong, <laughs> and then you show them they're wrong, Chris. And then. <laughs> Do you do you consider like you talked about like how you love certain models and that means that that that's not being rude but that's like quite a selfish thing isn't it you're like oh, I like this and I want to make it work this is cool do you do the same with like books and armies or do you think oh this is going to be good now because there's lots of shooting in the meta and this has got really good anti shooting tech like do you consider the ecosystem or do you just want to make cool things like cool things happen with the cool models that you like i mean i run prime through every army for every edition so far whether it be good or bad so you tell me i just i've <laughs> got to make it work <laughs> anything can work you've just got to find what works for you for playstyle and works when what's with the army you know it might not be take all the like I am thunderers or whatever it might be go combat support you know I believe there is you can play anything you want in a book it's you've got to think and it's something you always ask it's like what is your play style how do you play if you can identify that it's that you've just cracked Warhammer once you've done that Mm. it's super important yeah absolutely and so when when books come out that Let's say, I don't know, let's take the Corn and Slanesh as an example. Are they, I, I'm assuming neither of those are sort of your, your kind of like factions, as it were. Um, when they dropped, have you, do you go and read those ones or would you literally wait for the kind of tabletop experience with Rick, for example? No, I'd probably read them to make sure Rick read it right. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, that's fair enough. No, that's, that's actually, that's really interesting. Darren, yes, how man. about yourself? I'm assuming. Well, maybe I'm assuming wrong, but my assumption is because you, well, you play a lot of competitive, but also because of the coaching side, are you an avid consumer? What did, are you literally reading them all as they come out and digesting them all there and then? I do my, you... I do my very best to um, read them, but I will avoid all. Um, so I'm, I'm happy with leaks because then I get to, to read them, but I will, I will avoid um, everyone else's uh, opinions for a time um i won't watch any um um, streams i try not to pay too much attention to the thousands of people that send me messages about oh this is good this is good this is good okay let me let me read it first um (laughs) because similar to chris then in that way you want to try and and shut yourself off slightly yeah and i this is this is the advice i give people as well because obviously people are often ask me how how do you get better at list writing you know what what is it you're doing um you're only going to get good at it if you practice it you're only going to get good at assessing a new battle tome if you fucking assess it (laughs) 
And you can't yeah. do that. You've got everyone else's opinions in your head. And how many times have those initial opinions of the masses been absolute dog shit? <laughs> like mm-hmm. magazine when they first dropped or the content creators or the Facebook groups, every, you know, the world, the world was falling for Maggotkin players and they became an absolute menace, didn't they? Um, yep. They were much, much better than, than, than people thought. Um, it's so, like KO, eh? <laughs> exactly like KO. I would, I would agree with that. Um, Just saying, and the Gash player would never drop himself so low. Just <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> give me a break. <laughs> How many times have them shots killed Nagash? I mean, too many. Times. How many times have you had to take him off the board because he was shot off the board? Yes, join him. Yeah, well, I'm I'm pulling the 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 world's card, right? Um, <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's secret. Shh. Talk, talk, <laughs> talking about you know, like books and why you play books and stuff. I mean, some people just go to the book that they know is good because, or, or that is inherently good. Um, and books become solved, don't they? Do you, do you think that's true? Of They're covering quicker, yeah. Very well, this yeah. is the point I was going to make, because remember Stu on our last episode, which was very interesting, because he's the TTS demon, and he, well, as, he, as he said, his meta is, is, is the world. He's straight on TTS, and he, he thinks the books for him are broken within, what did he say, 24, 48 hours? So, yeah. you know, that is a different... I know we've, we've, Chris and Darren, you both said that you like to kind of shut yourself away from outside opinions, but Stu, Stu sounds like he does the opposite and gets kind of everyone involved um, in the process. So this is, this is what I'm finding quite interesting. So um, just sticking, sticking with you, Darren, before we just go to Owen. Um, so you try and digest all these books for, uh, for yourself does that mean you're do, you're trying to do all of them? Because I think the rate of the book release has been astronomical. No. Um, okay. You- <laughs> so, so you, you, I, I can't. Now, some people have the capacity, the mental capacity. Some people are a bit younger than me. I'm in my forties now. My brain's, I can, I, my brain is slower than it used to be. So, if you asked me that question, say ten years ago, I probably would like be able to keep up. But I, I can't. So there's another strategy that I fall back on. And it, it, it comes from like how I developed as a gamer, um, I think. And this is something that I, 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 one of the reasons I think Chris is so good at this sort of approach. And you can correct me if I'm wrong, Chris, here, if you agree with this or not. But as a group of gamers, the Bruces or before the Bruces, when we just used to go down to um, when we used to game at Chris's brother. Say, say the name. I know it was rubbish, but just say it. Hey. Go on, just get it. <laughs> oh, um, War Gamers out for fun. <laughs> yeah, woof. Yeah, woof. <laughs> in, our, in our fantasy days, as a group of, as, as a gaming group, we paid no heed to the internet because we didn't fucking understand it. <laughs> so we would like, we were like this little gaming group, this isolated gaming group in Pompey that would venture out to Plymouth occasionally, and the people from Plymouth would come down to us. But we wouldn't take. We didn't take part in International Age of Sigma. We only went to like the big events at the Hans and the South Coast Grand Tournament, for example. And we used to go to Warhammer World and compete there. But we didn't really take part in the the community at large, let's say. And we didn't bother with with stuff online. And it meant that we we weren't. All of our opinions were self developed. Um, now, if you game at the Bruce's. 
none of them, <laughs> which it can be quite frustrating, but none of them are fussed about taking meta lists. None of them are fussed about taking like optimized lists. They all want to take what looks good, which is fine, but it means that you have, or I use, I don't game so much anymore, but like back in the day, certainly you would have, you know, week in, week out, a different game, a different situation, a unique situation. One of the one of the games that we used to play would be Triumph and Treachery. So that would be like three on three or four on four. And it, it meant that you were practicing problem solving on the spot. So not problem solving that you sat down and you've had a week and you know what tournaments coming up and what missions are going to be and you've seen all the lists. You were practicing problem solving on the spot. So this so I because of this like gaming trajectory, I think that's one of the reasons why the, the Bruces are quite a solid bunch because we're not, we don't have to absorb all the information, have all the problems solved for us before we go to an event. We're very good at asking, what does your army do? Does this mean that you can do that? Okay. And then we'll come up with a problem on the spot. Yeah. So it's situational. Yeah. So, yeah, so it, so we're very good. So, and that's one way. If when you get a lot of change nowadays, I've I've because I do take a bigger interest in the online world because I'm I'm older, but also I'm <laughs> I'm able to. It's taken me a little while. I'm such a boomer, um, and also this is like part of my job to know shit. Um, you know, from a coaching yep. perspective, so I do pay yep. a lot more attention, but mm-hmm. I don't rely on it. Um, I, yep. I can't. I can't emphasise this enough. Practice problem solving <laughs> on the spot. So don't weep in out. Play meta games. You know when you're when you're when you're um, when you're thinking right. I'm going to do a practice game week in week out. Playing the same Slaves of Darkness list or the same Corn list for like months on end is brilliant. When you get but when you get to the event and you come up against a problem that you haven't practiced and you go to shit because you haven't practiced problem solving on the spot. So just, I always say to my patrons, pay about 75% of your games with the list and the faction that you're comfortable with. And then 25%, just do something fucking different. Like do play any old game, use any old shit, use that glutos that you've got a commission painter to do. That's beautiful that you've never taken to a competitive event because you're a coward, get it on the fucking table, (laughs) right. And practice playing these bizarre games and you'll, you'll be able to then go to an event and some of the problem, you know, you, you, you'll have done some research. So, for example, I have, um, before I went to the Hans GT, I did know a bit about corn and I did know a bit about, um, a bit about, um, soul black grave lords, let's say, but I didn't concentrate. I didn't try and go through them completely because it would just be too much shit in my head. And I was yeah. confident that I could just ask my opponent, what does your shit do? And then I'm going to be able to, use my experience and my confidence that i can that i can be okay in that situation Um, and i'm not going to panic a lot of people a lot of people panic when they're at the table that they get all this new information and they don't know what to do and that's because they've not put themselves in that situation put yourself in that situation week in week out and you'll be so much better at warhammer than you're just hanging on that point you said about not doing all the information what sort of information do you take when you do that kind of quick yeah. skim read so i want to know so i want to know which i will try and assess which um factions i'm going to be really going to have difficulty with 
so that I can try to avoid them throughout the event. If I know what scenarios are in play, I will try to hit particular people in a particular scenario <laughs> if, if I'm able to. Um, but I really want to know um, which one. And then I'll have a game plan for the like the top three armies that I think I'm go- that are going to be a problem with. And if I do know the missions, specifically a game plan for the missions for four and five, they're the ones that I really concentrate yeah. on. So I don't try and solve every round. I don't try and solve every faction. But, you know, the very top, and sometimes you know the, the people that are going to the event and what factions they're using as well. So it's always a good idea to have, like, a plan A. But it's not, it's not um, really, you know, it's not really thought out. It's not like um, scribbling away at midnight, you know, with a candle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you, you, can, you, can, you can be too prepared and you can have too much shit in your head. You, imagine you, you trying to find out all this information and then going to the event and, like, only playing, <laughs> playing like, like I did at the Hans GD, two KO games, um, a Gargan and a Corn uh, a game. You know, and I'd researched like twenty-three factions or how many fuck yeah. there are now. Like yeah, it's yeah, yeah. it's a lot of useless information. So I would just say concentrate on the the big big bads, have a plan for those, but really focus on practicing problem solving and you'll well, you'll do better at events. If there's a benefit in it, if you put yourself so when you're practicing at home, this is and you know I'll do this, I'll put bad things into something that shouldn't happen combats on paper and it's not advised that you do that because nine times out of ten it's a reason why it's bad on paper but you start to learn to what can actually hurt your army so when you've never fought something when you've never or you don't know what that particular faction does or what that build does you know what hurts your army so you can ask specific questions for your army to know from them so you could be like are you high magic yes how many spells can you cast yeah do you cut right okay so i now got a magic threat I need to isolate that magic threat because I'm weak to that. Yeah. yeah. You, simp- you simplify the problem quickly by knowing how your army's hurt. Yeah. So you're, you're practicing and I've, I've had the benefit kindly, kindly enough went down to play with Chris and his brothers. For those of you who don't know, Rick is Chris's brother. Um, and you guys not practice. proven yet. <laughs> and, and, uh, and you guys, as you said, you practice situations, don't you? You put stuff in. It's, it's a situation practice rather than a every rule in the battle tone practice. Yeah. So, like, and that's that also, yeah, so that helped me with tomes as well. So, like, there'd be something in a tome that I'd want to fixate on, whether it be an artifact or a unit type or what it can do that attracts me. I think as well, Chris, if you when you practice like that, you get an idea of what's possible so that when you're in like an impossible situation, you, you can find that one percent play because you've actually fucking tried to do it a hundred times. <laughs> well, I was going to say this about the triumph and treachery thing, because I thought that was really yeah. interesting because I'd never seen that before until I came down to your place. And so good. Triumph and treachery is I, I mean, I'm I'm not a coach on this podcast, but I will say as a tip, if you haven't tried Triumph and Treachery, try it because, as Darren, you just said, you're, you get put in some situations that will never happen in a 1v1 because uh, Triumph and Treachery is, what, three, four of you? Mm-hmm. But those situations, when they happen, it, it's mental. You have to work your way out of four different people doing something, and you can really come up with some really interesting, well, plays techniques to get around it which can help you in the 1v1 it just means that when you're in that situation in the 1v1 you're calm because you've been on it you've been in that situation loads of times before 
But I, I can honestly say that so many times people have just gone to shit against me because I'm using something that they've not that they've not seen before. And that's another thing that me and Chris <laughs> tend to do is try and try and use things that are a, a little off meta, let's say. Um, certainly more so for Chris, me less so in recent years because I'm getting worse at the game. Um, but it, it, if you put people on the spot and they're not used to solving problems on the spot, then they can go to shit. So just practice being uncomfortable so that when you are uncomfortable at a tournament and it happens, you don't go to shit. (laughs) Also, it gives you the confidence that you, because sometimes you actually work your way out of an impossible situation and you hit that 1%. So it gives you confidence that it can be done. Does that make sense? Like It's all about keeping yourself calm, confident, even when you're in difficult situations. And you're only yeah. going to do that if you practice being in difficult situations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 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 similar to what. Um, sorry to keep referencing our previous episodes, but our psychology episode with Jack, um, where he he said he hasn't lost until he's lost. He's he's constantly looking for those those yes. outs of situations. So, um, Owen, interesting chat already so far. Um, how about yourself, Tomes? Are, are you? Again, you're you're a tournament organizer. You're a Team Wales member. Team tournaments. Are you are you doing something similar to Chris and Darren, or are you trying to kind of consume the information uh, by um, reading the tomes or internet like Stu? I will say that for anybody else out there who's feeling a little bit <laughs> overwhelmed, it's I'm in exactly the same spot. You know, regardless of how deep down the blooming, you know, the uh, whatever it's called, the tunnel, we've fallen towards the looking glass or whatever, you know, regardless of how in you are, I still feel that the pace that they put all these terms at is a little bit overwhelming. So it's kind of a really good, good timing for this chat because it can be a little bit like, ah, I mean, I always say knowledge is power. So you kind of do need to know not necessarily everything that an army does when you face it, but you need to know like what it's, path to victory is and so i think um i do consume a lot of content i must say so like when the tomes come out or when there's um you know when when there's sort of leaks or whatever or or chat then i kind of i do tend to try and soak that up um but then i mean let's take ko for example like obviously everyone says cauldron overlords are crazy strong but you still need to put it on the table and put it in the right place and have know the synergies and things like that so for example i basically listened to i think three different content creators um sort of ko review and then i caught up with this actually i don't know if you're aware there's actually a like just dedicated caradron overlords youtube channel and podcast aethercast aethercast yeah so is it i think it's cron and um I think it's Max from the German team, and I'm really—I don't know the host's name, but it was really, really interesting. It's Brent, um, isn't it? Brent Evans. My perhaps opinion. I'll take your word for it, but yeah, whatever, whoever they are, they were doing a brilliant job. And like, so yeah, I went and listened to like their review, and then they did a whole thing about lists. And I do, I do listen to a lot of content. Um, and did you find so- that helpful? Was that a helpful exercise? Yeah, super helpful. Um, Have you tried the other way, though, Owen? Have you tried shutting yourself off, taking an army, learning what can hurt it, what can't hurt it, and then see? Because you, do you ever not wonder that sometimes in your games you get lost because you're overthinking? 
because you've got too much and you're just going through it and you're going through every scenario. So then what ends up happening, instead of you having some confidence, puffing your chest out, throwing that energy out into your dice, you end up second guessing yourself. Um, I, I think that's definitely part of it. I think there's an element of psychology around you always think, especially the more that you know about the game, you often sort you realize, of like, you realize how little you know. Yeah, well, also, I think you catastrophize and you think that your opponent's going to play perfectly. So, like, oh, yeah, <laughs> you know, you'll think to yourself, oh, well, that, 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 you know, that can buff that character can buff that. So if I move that way, he might redeploy that little character around the back and then that means that he can get this buff on there and then this will happen. And you end up just kind of, yeah, you, you do get in your own head a little bit when you perhaps go too deep on all the information and then you carry that around with you. Um, that being said, I don't know. I think when the books come out, I like to have initial like feel for it. Like, oh, the overall feel is that it's been toned down a touch but there's this one crazy build or the overall feel is that it's got stronger because it needed a lift um but then i won't then i'll just play games and i tend to just learn from playing games really i'm not you know there are some amazing people i could name check like who just sort of within a couple of days they're like i've written all these lists and you know there are lots of early adopters and i think they love just operating right on the bleeding edge whereas I like to see a book settle a little bit and then and then find my own fun with it within it. I think I, I'm a bit like you, Chris. I like to be a bit of a snowflake and kind of have my own flavor even within a book, even if people think it's solved. Um, Chris loves like, being called a snowflake then. No, well, <laughs> I'll take it because it's Owen. But, but So, like, one of our gaming friends, I never actually understood what this word meant. And you, obviously you hear it, don't you? Like, like Little Miss Muffet sat on the Tuffet eating a cat's weight yeah, and quite contrary. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what contrary meant. And then he called me it. And I didn't know what to so I had to look it up. Right? I'm not ashamed of that. And it's huh? the most apt description of me ever. <laughs> <laughs> because if someone was to tell me this, this army list is great, I'd be like, no, it's not. It's crap. And I'd go find my own one. Yeah, I don't. No. Think, I don't think you're on your own there, though, mate. I think there is a psychological profile within, you know, the gaming community for people who, you know, they just want to push shit uphill um, for one of a better word or term. Um, and that's cool because it's, a, you know, you see it as a challenge. Like I think, um, you know, taking a slightly underpowered book and I don't know, Darren, like I remember when I first met you, Darren, which was like 2019 blood tithe mm-hmm. and you were playing some, that was the year that you won with Dan Ford and, um, Yes, exactly. Yeah. Or... Uh, and I think Will might have been there, Will Barton, perhaps. Yeah. Was he playing with? yeah. And and like you were playing some bonkers chaos list that was kind of bringing in all these random little bits. And I think that there's there's a lot of players that get a lot of um, they get a lot of value and a lot of like personal sort of like fulfillment from taking those older books, perhaps where there are some little you know, the, the corners of the game that I like, I like to call it, you know, you find those little combos and synergies and little pieces that people have forgotten about and then they resurrect them into like a new meta. So I think I do really like it when, you know, you can keep, when a book is well-written and you can go back and pick little things out. Um, but I mean, for me, I wouldn't say I'm ever like a, 
meta i don't don't, like building and paying this ko army has been a little bit weird for me because it is the most sort of like meta chasery thing i've ever done normally i'm a bit like what chris has said i love my obr i like my sylvaneth i've grown to love stormcast i've always liked corn so i have my, my my books that i really like and then normally like i'm looking at my obr book now i'll probably go for something that's a 60 percent what people think is good and then i'll just throw in some other random stuff around the edges um to like have my own little bit of flavor um because if a book's good then you're gonna pick up three wins easy um and then you know the challenge then is to take a little bit of something a little bit different and and, and play around in that space um, anything you can do to increase your satisfaction um at the table then, then absolutely do it if you need to change an artifact um, so that you can say that it's my list. <laughs> Do it. Say it's your list. That's fine. <laughs> like you need, you need to, you need to believe in what's in front of you. Mm. You need to have an emotional attachment, or you don't, you don't need to do anything. But um, m- my understanding of gaming um, would suggest that you need to, you know, it, your self belief. And if you need to change an artifact or or introduce like a, an ally from somewhere else so that you, you can put the stamp on it, that increases your satisfaction. Ultimately, that's mm. going to increase your chances at the table as long as as long as, long as you, you, there's a you, there is some reason behind it. You do have some yeah. sort of plan for it. Absolutely. Oh, I don't have ever I ever have plans. well that might be a good segue to talk to you chris about how you assess tomes um because that was gonna be my next part um we mentioned going through you get have your favorites and let's Mm. let's take obr because that's that's a good example um so we get all these new tones we get a new one you see the one that you want to have a look at how do you go about assessing that new tome do you want to know the first thing i'll do when i get it yes please I look oh. at the points. Really? That's the first thing you look at? Points? First thing I go to it, because it'll indicate the biggest change in the book. So if you know the OBR points from, like, obviously you know that more eat, and then you go to it. So, for instance, um, Stalkers and the Mortis Guard, they jumped up in points to after being dropped twice previously. Yeah. Lowered. So you're like, okay, that's something I've got to look at in the book, because it's instantly jumped up. Why have they jumped up? So it starts asking the questions of where you need to focus. Oh, interesting. Okay. And then if you so look you... at the war scroll and then you go, yeah. oh, I can't see it in the war scroll. Why is it more points? Then there's obviously a link either with a command ability or with a battle trait or a magic item or something or a command ability. So, you know, something there will dictate why they're better. So you, with the points, it can lead you to where the book's gems are. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Okay. That's really interesting. So you're you're essentially looking for changes from the get-go rather than... <laughs> whether something that you really liked before stayed the same. Is that fair to say? Yeah. So and then, if the Mortec Guard were the same points, you wouldn't necessarily look at them straight away. You'd go straight to the changes. Yeah, I'd go to what's been either increased or decreased in points, depending. Okay. And then you, and and then, then do you, do you sort of snowball from there. So we just mentioned the Mortis, uh, Mortis Guard points. Well, do do you then start looking into the book as a whole, but with specifically towards those units, or does it just then kind of snowball outwards to everything? It snowballs out because you got to think. Is so if you look at a time and you literally take it from a brainstorm, so you need to take one idea. So you look at the points, you find that one idea for this particular instance is the Mortis Guard. 
that's there. So why are Mortis Guard working? Then you start to spiral off. You start to have like, oh, it's because this command ability allows them to. So Mortis Praetorian, they can um, charge if they're charged in the enemy's face before they're out free. They can suddenly get a charge in. Oh, hang on a minute. Then they've got this ability on their War Scroll that then allows them to fight again but they get destroyed last so could this then work and then give them an extra move into the board you then start to spiral out to how this grows and how this works and then you'll start to lead yourself into like other little sub brainstorms to then start to formulate everything you go on you just need yeah. to find a center point because if you try and if you try and go, oh, let's look at that wall scroll, that wall, you, you, you get lost. You start to, everything becomes blur. It's like staring at a page for too long. So you need to have a focus to then build around. Yeah, I, I suffer from that personally. I, I, Does that make sense? You, you yeah, need to yeah. have a point, whether it's yeah. good or bad, it doesn't matter. But you need to have a point where it will lead you somewhere. And then depending on where you go to, it will actually reflect, I find for me, my play style. Okay. Which is generally quite aggressive and tanky. Okay. Hmm. So if you see a change in a unit, but it let's say it doesn't turn out to be aggressive and tanky, will you then go back to the points page and keep going? Um, generally speaking, from that, I will find it because, I don't know, maybe I'll just have a different way of looking at it. Look, I've got a book in front of me now, actually, because I was waiting okay. for you to ask me some rule questions. So, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have as well, by the way, uh, uh, just so you know. <laughs> there we go. Oh, Dean, so we're now an OBR podcast. Oh, I'm going to get, hang on, I'm going to get it up on Wahapedia. Is it out yet? Oh, it's not, is it? See, Darren, you're one of those people. I've let us down. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have it either, Darren. So I'm one know. of those people, What? one of those poor people. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I am. No, it's not one of those poor people. That's not what I said. You're just Wahapedia people. Um, For the first time ever, I've bought the limited edition battle tone. Oh, you're one of them people. <laughs> We've literally got a working sort of like class structure within the podcast and OBR. We've got the the wanker with the uh, the, um, the 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 limited edition battle tome. We've got all the kit. No idea that one. Yeah, we've got your regular <laughs> dude in Chris. All the kit and play KO. You mean? And then you've got uh, Darren, who's just ripping off the internet. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's got to keep up. Bless him. Question then, um, Chris, does your like does your attitude and the way that you like tackle a book, does that change based on your emotional attachment to it or your knowledge of the book? So for example, like when the new Stormcast book comes out, I bet you didn't look at the points first, did you? He looked at the primes points first. He probably looked at or the primes (laughs) war scroll. It it goes prime formulators, Star Drake. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, you're talking my language, baby. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag Reign of Stars, bestest ever. Um, um, yeah. And then, like, yeah, yeah, it's, you, but there isn't a much, for me, I am emotional with Warhammer. I don't know why. I just mm-hmm. am. Mm-hmm. So, if I don't like, if I, like, I've got no love for Gits. Yeah. <laughs> none at all mm-hmm. from all my years of ever playing warhammer they've just been the army that is the most annoying it's your longest games it's always got the complex crap you don't want to deal with mm-hmm. and it's just so i've yeah i'd never look at their book no okay someone can tell me about their book and i might take in the information <laughs> so but, would would you say like take this obr book you've had a look at the points do mm-hmm. you do you like like to refer 
to what was to see what's changed or do you take it as like a brand new thing or like do you because armies tend to be quite flavorful don't they i'm sure we'd all agree like you kind of know what you're getting into so would you think to yourself oh well it's going to be tanky and very militaristic and probably look like a traditional army you know so then you start to fill it out or do you go because like sometimes one artifact can define a book can't it or a book gotcha um, so like, where would you like, how, how do you start to break down this OBR book then beyond points? Well, it's a slot I did. So like for me, so that's what I mean. So I went Immortus Guard. Mm-hmm. That was, that was the points change. So I went why? So I looked at their war scroll, seen that they're pretty much the same, lost the shields. Um, they've only, it only happens once, to, uh, once a game now where they can, they can strike again. It's not something where they can do it with the shields each combat phase. So it was like, okay. Then I'm like, what sub-factions do they go in? Because obviously they're always Mortis Patronus. So I'm still, I suppose, looking back at the old rule book. And if I'm saying there's sub-faction wrong, I'm sorry, but yeah. And then... <laughs> the internet will correct you. They love They can you. correct me and I yeah, will not send, I never send will. Send Twitter messages through to oldest <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I think you'll find. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, like... I then go to obviously see the sub factions, see what that's changed about them to then make it. And then if I still can't, then you've got to go to, yeah. So I just jump to all the command abilities and then that's where I start to then push the army and build the army from there. Hmm. If I get to that point and there's nothing left in there, hopefully I've found something else along the way. If I haven't, then I put the book down, go have a vodka and then I come back and then try it with drunken eyes. <laughs> Cause sometimes that helps. <laughs> some of my best ideas have been while i've been upside down drinking <laughs> mine's swimming i find some of my best ideas for lists are when i'm swimming and i let my mind drift pun intended. that's not how you used to be <laughs> <laughs> you haven't been swimming for a while then eh darren ah oh, livid <laughs> sorry <laughs> i couldn't help myself and aligned aligned to that chris do you ever find you miss anything yeah so, as in, so, and I, what I mean by that is, you've latched on to. Let's take the Immortus Guard. Let's take OBR. Let's stick with the OBR. Um, mm-hmm. you've, you've hit the Immortus Guard. You've gone right. Points have changed. Why? It's X, Y, Z. So it's the Allegiance ability, or it's the Command abilities, or whatever. Yep. But let's say in the book, uh, I mean, I don't know the book well enough, but the 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 foot guy. Jesus Christ, my brain's not working. Uh, let's, let's see if Owen can remember. The, the, foot, the, the, the normal foot infantry. The Mortec Guard. Yeah, the Mortec Guard, that's the one. So Mortec Guard, let's say the points are similar or haven't changed, and therefore your eyes aren't drawn to those, but the allegiance abilities or whatever has made them 10 times better and you might want to use them. But would you, would you end up missing at missing that because you're looking for the changes? and? Same with like other books. Do you, do you have you found that you uh, miss miss units and then have to go back and find them again, as it were? I've missed things in books, yeah, but that's because I'm like a bit stubborn sometimes. Um, but no, like generally as a whole, the fact that I essentially I work backwards, don't I? So I go to the end of the book to get the ending, to then mm. go to the beginning to find out what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, in that journey you should see where the other stuff sort of fits in. So obviously you're reading at sub factions to see why 
sort of mortar guards, and in that you then clock. So you shouldn't miss it because then you obviously know that mortar guards, so you can just jump onto them because they're battle line, for instance. So they're going to have to be, and then that can lead you down another path. <clears throat> well, it, it's just because where I don't have other influences on me with how I should look at a book or where a lot of people go on and you get the drip and tap syndrome where you start thinking to yourself, I can only look at it this way. It must be this. It's all that's possible. Mm. I'm not restricted when I look at a book. It's Mm. always fresh eyes. It's always like, Oh, but Oh, Joe blogs down the road said this was, this this is the only build that could work. So I can't look at any, You, you don't turn yourself off to the rest of the book. So everything just you just leads everywhere. You start reading and just start going for it when you start going through yeah. however angle um, you take it. And will you I ever have a, I have a cautionary tale along those lines, Alex, if I may. Please. So when the um the K the when the KO book dropped, um I'm in the um the England chat and the the initial reaction um from everyone was oh these are these aren't as good as um they were before and we probably aren't we won't be taking them to worlds um and then i got a, ho- a hold of the tome and i thought that they were very good um not as good as they are i'll, I'll say that um but i thought that i really liked frigates and i really liked brock um but what i missed is thunderers and it's because i had this i didn't even i read the scroll but always do the fucking math <laughs> because the Thunderer War Scroll, everything looks nice and reasonable, doesn't it? When you take the individual weapons profile, oh, the cannon, ether cannon, okay, that's reasonable. It's just one cannon, a couple of shots. Oh, the deck, oh, yeah, that's a nice fun, that's a nice fun feature. That's perfectly reasonable. That's perfectly reasonable. Oh, the five plus does a mortal wound from the fucking kitchen sink fucking thing at the end of combat yeah that's nice and reasonable fumigators they're probably a little bit unreasonable um but that's not that's fine um what i failed to appreciate is that when you actually run the math they're twice as good as they used to be but i had in my head thunders are a bit pap before so i'm not going to bother really investigating them so i didn't run the math and then as um people started to explore the the, the ko tome tom Maudsley obviously did particularly well um at an event um they were like fucking hell these are these are really good <laughs> um and yeah, then fumigators they... are a little unreasonable should have been the title of this podcast <laughs> yes yeah, absolutely. yeah no they, they are the most why is a fucking shooting unit able to do six mortal wounds in the combat? <laughs> it isn't uh, it, i want to know why it can't do 12 you're only supposed to roll for one fumigator, not all three in a unit of 15. Oh, well, some people, are, well, the vast majority of KO players are, are playing with all three. But, Is that know, really? Really? Yeah. Rule, rule arguments aside, and I'm not arguing with you, Oh, yeah, no, 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 no. It's just I've um, always played it that way, and that's how it's ruled at Worlds, so that I've kind of gone off that. Sure. So the, the, the cautionary tale here is just like be, just because you had some bias before on a previous tome, see um, a new tome, as completely new and also think of it this tome is now in the here and now so what was like the old seraphone tome you know when it when it first came out it was really fucking good but the the meta was completely different to how it is now let's say so when you're judging the new seraphone tome think of it in the context of now rather than your wistful memories of before when salamanders were 80 points (laughs) and some content creator said that that was absolutely fine (laughs) Mm. still makes me chortle um so yeah just 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 try make make sure you look at everything and don't have any bias 
Um, otherwise, you'll you'll you can miss absolute givens. And now, when I think about it, I was fucking stupid when I was reading that Ko Tome for the first time. Thunderers didn't sing to me, but they why didn't they sing to me? They absolutely should because if I'd have run the fucking math, I would have seen that they are twice as the, the output has doubled. And that's fucking phenomenal for 135 points. That's mad. But I was too focused. I was too focused on the fact that I really liked what Brock did, and I really liked what the bubble, what frigates did. Um, you know, so you well, I guess can... that that's related to some of the, my question that I gave to Chris is that, that that's why I said it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, well, it's about but, but about that. But that's that's key to the to the question because of the amount of books that have come out. Um. Would you would you say it's inevitable that people will miss things? Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah, people aren't perfect. That's the trouble fine. is, is you've got to. For me, there's people out there that are generally just trying to grab every power army as soon as it comes out, as soon as it drops, and run and go with it. And that's fine if that's how they want to play. I welcome them sort of games because I always find them probably my best games I ever have. Um, and then you've got people that want to just go along and they want to stick with that army whether because they, they're like me and they've got an emotional attachment to it or they just that's all they've got and they want to play it or whatever and they'll play their heart out and do that and they'll know everything about their book and then when you sort of like compare the two sort of level of players the one that's sort of like read reread their book they're a lot more fluent in their games there's no oh i've just got oh i've just done this oh do you mind if i take that back oh no i forgot to do that this phase do you know that they're like, oh, we're all done, down to you, and it makes a difference for a gameplay as well. Mm-hmm. For when you just you, for you, you for find the players that have kind of honed down on one out of the many that have come out a, a kind of better gaming experience. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. interesting. Because that they they know their book, they know, and it's generally quicker games as well. There's none of that. Oh, what have I got to do now? What have I got to do now? It's they know. Mm. I think going back to thinking about like digging through these tomes and you're right, Darren, um, you know, that thunder or war scroll is sort of like the sum of its parts. And also you can bring, like you said, your previous bias, like everyone used to just run rifles before and you're like, Oh, rifles wound on fours. Yes. There's not a great deal of plus one to wound except for one thing, like one um, article, which is like, and then maybe you go low low draw, uh, low points and, and get your triumph. But, you know, you can miss that. But similarly, every book doesn't read differently. I think, you know, talking about OBR, it makes me think a little bit like Nighthaunt. Like, yeah, the scrolls are solid, but the power of the book is in the allegiance abilities. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas, like, Stormcast, you're basically just playing War Scroll Hammer. Like, there's a reason why every fucking Stormcast general in the entirety of the Mortal Realms is a master of magic with the Arcane Tome. It's because <laughs> unless you play, like, three big dragons or do something a bit meme then generally there aren't any good traits and artifacts. There's a couple of bits and bobs, but, you know, you're, they're not defining, like, the... the the, uh, the book's strength is in the strength of the scrolls, um, whereas, like, again, Nighthaunt with, like, army-wide retreat and charge and all those debuff stacks and the suite of command abilities that are available to OBR, like, those are the things that are make those armies strong. Whereas, I don't know, for example, um, you can think about, I don't know, would you say, let's say, like, Ogre Moor tribes, is that, a mixture of the quality of the allegiance abilities plus a couple of key war scrolls. Like, I don't know. My point is just that it's hard to sometimes 
know exactly where the strength lies within a book. So you can't uh, you can't approach each book with the same sort of method. Is that, yeah. Would Would you yeah. agree? I don't know if you if you agree on that. Yeah. I no, mean, I, I agree. Yeah. Go on, Chris. No. Well, see, this is the thing. So, if the strength lies in a book, then it means that a list is going to beat me and not a player. So. For me, the strength lies in the player, so the player has to find what works for them. Mm. Yeah. Because every like you hear the comment on oh, the books overpowered or the books this or whatever. Yes, I, I mean some books it'd be easier for some people to to do well with certain books at certain points. Um, but it's always the player that you've got to find what is you in that book. If you don't find what's you in the tome, how you like to play, what you like, if whether it's casting magic, whether it's standing back and shooting. And this, again, this is something I learned from the group of gamers that I was able to be around. So Darren, you're going to hate me for saying this, mate, but you was generally the shooty, stand back, keep you going, wood elves type job. You know, you was your shooty army. Pete was like, run at you with heavy armoured troops and just, you know, Bretonian days and go for it. Um... I don't know how to describe Rick, but it was another another type of player. And again, I had my own. So you, we found, whether we realised it or not, we managed to find our sort of play styles. And when you look at our builds that we use for Age of Sigma, you'll find that we're still playing similar sort of things. We might go off meta or off beat every now and again. But generally, it's a similar concept because we found how we like to game. Mm-hmm. And you'll always see we'll pick up the same. We could all pick up the same book and we'd write four different lists. I think um, you've got to be aware of when you you're, you change as well. So, um, and this is more relevant to people that are getting on like me. But what I really liked at the weekend at the Hans GT was I had 26 models and the most dice I was ever rolling was 12, right? <laughs> so it meant I could sit down, had a lovely time. I've only got 26 decisions in the movement phase. I don't have fucking 200. I don't have to pick up 180 dice and then pick out 64 pluses, you know, and then roll them again. Um, so mechanically, for me, I realise now that I just, as much as I love, I absolutely love creating massive combos that create loads of dice and i love all that chaos i just can't fucking do it anymore i'm too old i'm not mechanically good enough to do it so if i want to continue playing well i have to understand my limitations as well as my play style so for me moving forwards i'm gonna be i'm gonna be using less and less models within my within my gaming just so that i can mechanically function at the table but it will allow me to what one of my one of my favorite bits about my play style is that i really like watching my opponent <laughs> you know um and i used to be able to do that before but i can't i can't anymore because i'm getting on and on in my years or you might just be someone that can't mechanically play warhammer with lots and lots of dice so when you see all these armies being really successful you know, say say if 200 zombies becomes a thing and then you try 200 zombies and, you you know, you don't get on with it. Don't think that it could be because you can't physically do it. <laughs> you know, you have to understand your limitations as well as your, your play style. Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that, I mean, that, that, re- that resonated with me, but that's what I've sort of learned with speaking with you guys on, on these podcasts because uh, for me... I, I think I'm very similar, Darren, in the fact that, um, yes, I like seeing all these combos, but I just, 
I just can't get with it at all on the on the tabletop. I I find it difficult to set it all up, and I don't find that process that enjoyable. And I find the actual kind of well, I've always said my favorite phase is movement phase, so I I could just play movement phases forever and and yeah. enjoy probably enjoy the game uh, just as much. And so actually, with my simple with my simple brain, um, I I I need to res- go more towards those sorts of books. So I, I that's. I find that very interesting that you say that because that's something that I've certainly recognised. Uh, from um, from so. what I've heard, uh, Alex, it's uh, moving the models into the dead pile that you've been doing a lot of recently. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, but that's why you play your armies where they res back again on a four up. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Although that was a great rule change. The ten wounds. Yes, oh, yeah, I'd, I agree. Like, I'd like them to have just chinned it off completely. Yeah, I personally agreed. Like them to I've never it, liked yeah. summoning or anything like that. I've felt it was bad, um, but at least you, you know, it's it is it is a good move. But one thing I have realised in this conversation with Owen talking is how quickly things are changing. So, like you think, right? You're talking about Stormcast at the moment, and they're still you did when their book glass come out. That was two GHBs ago. Yeah, Man, that's mad, isn't it? And they're still when, there, though. That's pretty good, isn't it? They were a good investment, but then they are GW's golden boys, aren't they? But then you look at Warcraft, for example, and they are like dropping like a stone. I mean, they, I think, they're Iron smashing Force. it, aren't they? Aren't they like number two in T- TTS sports win rates? Am I, am well, I Iron Jaws? No. Oh, sorry. I thought you said more tribes. Um, oh, no, Warcraft. Sorry, my bad. Just, just another book that came out at the same time. Um, uh, yeah. It does feel like quite an like yeah quite an old tome now, but I think that more goes to like battle tactics and grand strategies. Like that, there seems to be yeah. quite a change in the two years. You say it was two well, that, years that, since that Stormcast book came out. No, you did no because it's every six months a new GHB comes out, so at best it's eighteen months. Oh yeah. Well, cool. that sort of leads to my next question, which is. For those people, I guess, like Chris, who have an emotional attachment, let's say for the for the Stormcast example, when the new stuff comes out, um, would you advise people to kind of look at the tomes from a from the Stormcast eyes, as it were? And what I mean by that is, you've got no intention of playing some of these books, but is it worth looking at them to see what you would do with your own favorite faction or? Or do you think it's just too much info and actually it's back to that kind of situational play? I guess I think, you, I think it depends on your gaming level, doesn't it? And what you want out of the, the game. For yeah. me, it's too much information. I mean, I'd rather like I'll turn up to a table and I'll ask the questions I need and then I'll learn it that way. So like to have a tome that I probably either can't read or haven't been able to get round to, I'd, yeah, I wouldn't what just pick it up just to read it so I can then start building because again you start influencing how you play and how you read your your actual time you want to play or your faction you want to play because you start then whether you realize it or don't you start building towards what you're thinking is really and you just I've like Darren said you just end up prepping it and you could go to an event and not play against them yeah so what do you think what do you think Darren same I um yeah yeah I think what do I think it's difficult. It is difficult. It is difficult because there's. No, I, I had a, a thought and it's info. gone. I had a thought and it's gone. And now all I can do is thinking about. I'm just thinking about me falling over pudding. It's just making me. <laughs> <laughs> and rabbit, you know what you rabbit. should do. 
You should put a, a paddling pool in Darren's front room so that he can think Go of ideas swim. and swim and have, yeah. and have an epiphany. Yeah. Sorry, um, just frame the question again, Alex, because I think it's gone gone out. It's just I, I'm just trying to get out because lots of people do. I think it's fair to say, although I'm making an assumption now, but I think it's fair to say most people have the sort of favourite factions that they use for the most part. I think there's very few people that you know jump over and over and over again every few weeks. There are a few people like that, but I, I would I would hazard a guess that most people kind of stick with one thing for a, for a time, and so you've stuck with your one thing that's now sort of out of fashion, out of flavour. I don't know, let's say Iron Jaws or Stormcast or whatever. Pick whatever faction was out a while back. Um, how useful do you find it to assess all these new tomes with your with your faction's eyes, as it were? Or is, uh, or is as Chris is intimating, that's just too much information for him and actually he finds it much more important that... He's learning from situations and therefore, in essence, it doesn't matter too much what all the new info is because the situations will still be the same. And I was just wondering whether you find you find that the same or actually you you yourself quite like to know a lot of the new info. I um, write a lot of lists <laughs> and I imagine a lot of situations and I you can. You can think to yourself, like, say, take the Stormcast time, for example. You can present yourself a challenge. You can be like, so you, at the moment, Galatian champions are like the, the, the game is centered around those. And that's where why we saw like the advent of Vexlers, whereas before Vexlers were hardly ever taken. And if they were taken, it was to transport formulators about in Living Cities list, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought you were about but, to say transport food. <laughs> pudding <laughs> so so you can like you can think to yourself okay well what happens if wizards become the next focus of the ghb okay i'm gonna write a, a stormcast list that's particularly good with wizards and against wizards what if mounted troops are the next ghb i'm gonna write a, a, a stormcast list that's good into mounted troops and uses mounted troops etc so you can give yourself little puzzles to solve and then just try and make the best list you possibly can and i did i do that for fun because <laughs> i'm fucking like <laughs> <But laughs> you, you, you can only get you know if you want to get better at um building lists you have to build lists and if the problems aren't out there yet then you can create them and it means that you're better prepared when those problems present themselves. But are you assessing that into the new info from the new tomes, or are you doing it kind of much more generally? Generally, yeah. Like that, that you'd, I'd, I'd, I'd say that's in my downtime. Like sometimes at night, if I can't sleep, I'll be, I'll be like, oh fuck, right, okay, I've got to make a, I've got to make a Spanish list with Glutos. I've got to make him work, and I've got to get up and actually create a list and i think to myself all right what does glutos do he's got a massive bubble of minus one to hit within 12 inches well that sounds really nice oh i think i'll put some fiends next to him how can i maximize fiends you know and glutos etc etc and then you know that's not necessarily like a, a top tier wonderful list but it might be um at some point and i'll have that in my head you know prepared already i've got thousands of stupid lists like that <laughs> i've seen you in pain with how many lists you used to have go around your head yeah thank you <laughs> yeah. honestly i kid you not 
we used to have before the days of like list builder and apps and stuff like this we had dedicated notepads and yeah. the amount of times, even my own notepad i would see darren's written like five lists in the back of it because he couldn't find a bit of paper <laughs> and he would have written it down and i'd be like what are you doing darren he's like oh I that's like where those, i put it i like those days because you drew little maps as well with your deployments <laughs> mm. uh, and, and, yeah but with that darren are you then so i guess that's a, a nice way of learning all these new changes and the new tones but are you doing are you writing lists for every time uh I, i've got i've got lists for every time yeah um but like you can you can i think you can have um you can focus you can have your focus time and if you've got and if you've got downtime you can have casual enjoyment time if you don't enjoy writing lists then don't fucking bother like life is too short get other people to solve it if you enjoy you know playing the game you don't have to be you don't have to approach it the way i approach it um you know that's that's a that's a point that i would like to make you know there's find your your be the river you know get to the sea as quick as possible and you know just because one person goes that way doesn't mean you you need to um but for me the how i keep confident at the table how i keep you know as up to date as i can be with this swarm of information that's coming in um i will focus on when a new token when a new tone comes out if i if i have the time to i will focus on it and i will try to write the best lists i possibly can i will do that initially in isolation so going back to um right at the start when i said i don't listen to any content creators or anything like that after i've gone through that process i absolutely will get everyone else's opinions because i'm not the fucking center of the universe and i'm not always right but the vast majority of the time i'm fucking wrong but <laughs> it's still You've changed sometimes, sometimes <laughs> i'm sometimes i found a gem that other people haven't you know, and that that yeah. for me is particularly particularly satisfying. Um, sometimes other people find gems, and you like um, Jeremy, um, who beat me last year with the Fire Slayers and the mm. um, all the all the Grimraths. Um, it was it it looked so fun, and when I actually thought about it, and we had a little chat with him afterwards, I was like, "Yeah, this this fucking yes. works." And he was using Gotrek, and I thought, "Well, I'm going to try this, but I'm going to try it with the Prime." And lo and behold, it it took me to five zero. Um, if I was so egotistical that I couldn't possibly like admit someone else had a better idea than me, um, then you, you'll you'll limit yourself. So if you see other, you know, accept that other people have got better ideas than you as well. Mm. Um, and Team Jeremy, uh, Jeremy, Team Jeremy, Jeremy's one of the Team US guys, right? Is that right? Yes, yes. I would attempt his surname, but I. I'd butcher it, but it's a beautiful one. Um, he's um, one of the yeah one of the chaps on Team America. He's someone that's able to use all sorts. You know, he does some exceptional content. You should check it out on his um, his Twitter. He's got uh, a YouTube channel as well. I think. I, I forgive me, Jeremy. I can't remember the YouTube channel, but there is one, and I've seen it before, and it is very good. Okay. It is yeah, it's exceptional, very very good. And again, it's it, but he comes at the game from a completely different perspective than me. Um, um, but this yeah. is. This is the point, though, isn't it? This is like so. Jeremy's got his one. You've got your one. I've got my one. We've all got like massively different prospect uh, perspectives on how to come at it, but we're all doing us. Yes, yeah, and you're only going to find you if you actually try, rather than just copy everyone else. So, you know, read the tome yourself. Create your own list. See what works for you. I had a patron the other day ask me, "Oh, right, the OBR." 
tomes come out. Are you going to help me write a really filthy, horrible list that I'm going to destroy the world with? I was like, yeah, absolutely. He's like, okay, great. What is it? And I was like, well, first of all, go read the tome. And he went, what? Go read the tome. <laughs> don't read, don't listen to any content creators when it comes out, read the tome and then tell me what you think's good. And he came back to me with, this is good. I think this is good. This is good. Okay, brilliant. Right. Can we, can we write this list now? Yeah, absolutely. Go off, write me a list. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And he was like, oh. you not to tell people about our session. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but here's my point. Like, I want to know what sings to you and then we can work with your ideas. And honestly, it, it becomes a lot. That's the, that's the, that's a quicker route to understanding yourself than just waiting for everyone else to solve things over and over again. The trouble with that is as well, by the time you get it to the table and you've used someone else's idea, other people have solved what, what's been solved. <laughs> so that's why you can be, you'll always be, well, you won't always be, but you're, you're susceptible to being a step behind the meta. So if you can create something that's slightly different, that, that sings to you, that, 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 Reson- uh, that works with your play style with your limitations etc and that is yours i think you're far more likely to eventually 5-0 than if you continually just use the you know the best things that everyone else is using and there's one more sweet spot to that as well mm-hmm. when, you do hit that fi- when you do hit that five and oh no one can sit in the shadows going i wrote that list yeah well, i'll fuck them anyway and if you do exactly. move in someone else's list and you go 5-0 and someone says that, fuck off. Fuck them. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm talking about, Daz. No, I do. I do. I'm just saying, like, take, you know, I'm not saying that's, I'm not I'm not trying to cast dispersions on that approach because all approaches are valid. Um, but I think if, you, if you're someone that's starting out on that journey, you'll get there quicker than if you just, you know, you take the net lists all the time. Mm. Because some people just don't have the fucking time. <laughs> it's supposed think- to be fun as well, though, right? Like 100%. This whole, this whole Warhammer thing is supposed to be fun. I'm like, I don't know, I think... Who told this- you that? Oh, I don't know, some idiot a while ago. I, I, I haven't found the fun yet. Fucking- it was Simon, wasn't it? <laughs> it was Simon, yeah, as he pushed 21 spawn into me. He was like, this Mr. is fun, Mr. isn't it? With the fundum himself. <laughs> um, no, so I was going to just, like, I've been listening a lot. Uh, by the way, um, Jeremy's uh, YouTube channel, if you just uh, search for Barak Durr, which is ah, uh, yes. Barak Durr, D-U-R, if you, um, you'll, you'll find that, and he has some really interesting thoughts. I spent a three-hour car journey with him once, and really interesting, smart, smart dude. He's just done a video about... Um, Deployment by missions, um, which is yes, I saw that one. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So side note, but no, um, I think the feeling I'm getting from what everyone's been saying really is like, I think that if you do just solely go off what you think is a good list, then it can be quite a hollow experience because you're not necessarily you haven't found the thing that you like and then built upon it. It's a bit like I don't know bands or food or movies or anything people can tell you how fucking amazing you know i don't know some series is but it just might not chime with you you know there might be something that just doesn't yeah, sometimes you eat that protein cereal and you just fart all night that's exactly that's yeah well Never sometimes again. you eat that cereal too far all night i yeah. was googling what was the guinness world record and unfortunately there isn't it's an official guinness world record what for most amount of farts in 24 hours Mm. There's one for the longest, which is two minutes forty two seconds. But <laughs> there, 
the, is yeah. the educational content you all came here to listen to. Can we, can we, can we get back to the point? I was going to make a really good point there. <laughs> Sorry, Sorry, Owen, back to the point. <laughs> no, I don't know if I was going to make a really good point. I was going to do the sort of thing where I think that I'm saying something of value, and then I sort of taper out. Um, I might, I might, I think that's my. Owen, often, often you say things that are valuable, brother. You Thank you very much. And you are very worthy. Thank you very much. Um, so, yeah, I think the, the feel I'm getting is that, I, and I like, yeah, touching on what you said, Darren, it's like the book lands in your, you know, through the letterbox on the day of the, you know, and don't go straight out and just hear everyone else's opinion. I know that I said I do hoover up, but that's more of a, I hoover up information, but that's more of like a, I don't necessarily do that with the books that I really love. I just do that to get a feel for the ecosystem. But if you kind of go, oh, I really like this artifact and this sub-faction, like, I don't know, minus one damage for all of my Hecatos dudes sounds really cool. Like, I do this often. I'll do something, like, I'll, I'll write a list, and then someone smarter than me will just basically, I'll send it to a few people, and they'll be like, ah, Take this out, take that out. Blah, blah. But the core, like what you want to put on the table, the models you want to see and the interactions you want to do, especially like, I don't know, like you want to do a God model list. You know, you want to put Nagash on the table. It's like, I want to do that. And then how am I going to, you know, build around that? And that's where you can lean into lots of other voices. But I think you're right. I think you have to you have to really like the army and like like how it plays and, and like the the path to victory and... You know, the models. Christ, I know we get a bit mm. down the tunnel of, you know, um, competitive and, you know, thinking about tournament play and talking about, you know, pushing for the five O's. But we are just building and painting models that we like. And I really like what you were saying, Chris, about how you kind of, you've got your faves and you always want to make them work. So um, I think that yeah, you, have, I mean... you have to listen to your emotions and, you know, let that drive you just as much as, whether it hits some wounds on twos and it's got minus four end and, you know, 46 damage, you know, like if, if it's a dog shit model and it moves two inches and it's really hard to line up and I don't know, then it doesn't matter how good it is. Right. It has to, it has to uh, be attractive to the way that you want to, because playing the game is like, I don't know. It's like playing a musical instrument or something. It's like, you know, it's this thing that we're always learning how to do. So you want to enjoy the process. But I think that's yeah. all I wanted to say. There we go. I've done. That's a good. That's a good analogy. If you put the same bit of music in front of someone and have four different people play the same instrument, each one's going to play it differently, right? Definitely. And like any kind of artistic endeavor, like my dad was a is a retired um, arts professor, and you know, it's like you kind of learn the core, like you learn how to draw, and then you know, then you can go off and do some kind of like like Jackson Pollock is like could draw and paint traditionally, but he ended up going down a route of being very abstract by the end and having this very like, you know, um, physical way of painting, you know, very gestural, all the splashes and the kind of, um, you know, those motifs. But like he knew how to sit down, you know, draw a human figure or draw a, you know, a bowl of fruit before he went crazy. So similarly, like you've got to lock in all those core learnings, understand what you like, and then you can go completely freeform. Much if like you do that, that as well, you'll, you'll be able to understand other people's perspectives much more. Definitely. Yeah, and I think like you were saying, Darren, I really like what you said. God, it seems like a long time ago now, but how, you know, you play 75% of the game with an army that you really like and you love and is your thing, and then you flip the script on things. It's like well, I went from putting loads and loads of models on the table 
Um, and then I ended up with like the Reign of Stars, which was like, like you were saying about your Grim Wrath list. I think Reign of Stars was maybe like 20 models, I want to say. Mm. Um, and, you know, it was a very different exercise. So again, you know, treating it, talking about it like musical instruments, you know, you might, you know, play guitar most of the time. And then just one time be like, ah, oh, I'm going to, you know, have a little bash on the drums. I'm going to pay some saxophone for that jazz. <laughs> Absolutely. I think that, you know, your, your guitar playing kind of like, you know, high elf player. And then you just go and hit some drums and, you know, play ogres. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you discover absolute gold as well. Oh, you do because you play the mm-hmm. army maybe differently to how it's intended to be played. You know, yeah, my, my yeah. biggest finds have been through my emotional attachment. So I can list them. I actually know them all. So like my dwarf warriors, mm-hmm. they were found because my dad gave up Warhammer. So I picked up all these dwarf warriors. Yeah. You had 40. And I used them. <laughs> yeah. Put 40 down and they turned out to be amazing. I didn't even give them credit until I put them on the table. What was the different other one... about your preconception versus playing them, Chris? If you gave oh, to be fair, like um, there's an unwritten rule amongst us. So if someone in the group plays an army, we don't look at that. We we don't think to play them. So my dad played dwarfs, so I wouldn't ever have looked at them. Ah, uh, I see. Well, that that sort of leads us, I guess, to our last bit, which is because uh, uh, as the time, we don't want you guys all listening to four hours of our of our waffle. But this leads to us to our kind of tips and. Our biggest tips and biggest mistakes. So I guess, Darren, if we stay with you, actually. Um, so biggest tips or biggest mistakes for people when you see them looking at tomes? and. Well, my biggest tip would be absolutely consume all the content you want, but just give yourself a chance right at the beginning. So try and, you know, try and take yourself away and just develop your own understanding of the game. And then go back and, and you can check it out against other people. You know, so yep. that's my first tip, and I think that's so important. Another, I would, I've come out of all the the faction specific WhatsApp groups, for example, as well, yeah. because I think for me, overall, they're a negative experience because they're just fucking noise, and the, the people are quicker to moan than praise. And you, you, when Zinch came out, you know, I had patrons that loved Zinch, and they were really bummed out because all, all the all the all the WhatsApp factions were saying how terrible they were. They're fucking brilliant. Zinch are a really, really good fucking little little tome. Um, and I, I, I think that's quite common. So if you're someone that's that gets negged out by negative opinions, take yourself out of that situation, turn off the noise, and and then go back once you've formulated your own opinions, and you'll see whether or not... And the people that... You, you'll, you'll then learn as well which content creators are in sync with you and then you, you can focus with them um so that's that's what i would do there and then that's, that's my biggest tip the biggest mistake is i'll reiterate try not to bring any bias from a tome before with you when you're examining a new tome when that tome came out before it was in a completely different environment a completely different ghb there were you you yourself were younger <laughs> look at it so in with every new tome my biggest tip is see it as brand new don't see it as the seraphon tome. see it as the brand new seraphon tome don't see it as the old ko um, and then think about it in the context of where you are and where the scene is right now yeah yep perfect chris uh biggest tips or mistakes for people when it comes to Assessing tones, assessing new so changes. So my best tip that I can give to someone is, for me, 
uh, there's always something that jumps out in a book, whichever way you look or which, however you approach it, there'll always be something that jumps out in a book. Don't just go for that one. There'll always be a secondary thing in there. There's every book I've looked at. There's always something else. Keep looking. <laughs> so just keep going. Just keep looking. Cause there's always another building and it will maybe two or three in some books, but there's always another build. Just don't look at it. And then as soon as that stops working, give up on it. Cause there is always more in a, in a book. And so many people just give up. They see the first thing, someone finds the answer to it and then they give up. Yeah. Perfect. Um, Owen, biggest tip mistakes um changes new times i think i would just say like a lot of what has been said has been around like the idea of you know making things work around like the way that you like to play the game so i think you know like understanding what sorts of armies and not getting like the whole fomo and hype thing is real like you know they bring these boxes out and then everyone's talking about the latest thing and how it's going to be good and like sometimes it's good to just be like okay I'm going to maybe learn about that a little bit, but I know it's not for me. Um, so like, you know, if you like really, f- you know, slow, resilient armies that trade really well and, you know, like, like to fight in melee, then, you know, understand that, you know, X amount like Caradron overlords, isn't going to be the book for you. Um, and, and that's totally fine. You don't have to jump on, on the hotness. Um, I think most of the things have been covered really. And just like, forming your own opinions and stuff like that. Um, and uh, there is a counterpoint to like finding what you like and making it work, which is there is, there has to come a point where you have to give up on the project. If it's, um, if it's not working for you, Kill your darlings. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's the one. Um, sometimes the book isn't right for you. You might want it and it might be yours. It just might not like you. Yeah. It's a reciprocal relationship. You know, the book's got to give back to what you put into it. Yeah, definitely. So I think going in with your eyes, open is important and like again without sounding too blase like if you like the models play with the models you know like you don't we don't play warhammer on twitter or whatsapp or um you know in our heads or on twitch or whatever we play warhammer in front of you know another human with a load of cool models that you've spent ages um most of the time Um, i play in my head quite a lot to be fair i was about to say have you met Aaron? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, but like the real deal, like, you know, like, yeah, no, I know. You know what you're saying that like, you've mentioned previously in the past around how, like, you know, oh, seeing it on the table is different to reading it. And that can go always. So, you know, like you, you, you put yourself down in front of a Lumineth castle and they shoot you with, you know, the sentinel shots. And you're like, oh, actually, they did 12 damage to me. That's okay. I can handle that. I'm going to run at you now and hope I win the double turn. You know, so like sometimes you can. You know, there's, there's a, there is a lot of noise and you can have opinions on things before you've even done it. So you can play the models you like and learn yourself. Um, yes. Play, playing games is the key. That would be my tip. Play games and um, stay off the internet a bit more. Yeah. Perfect. yeah. Thank you very much. Right. I think it's time to get on. It's time for our last section. So, Darren, take it away. The Chris Play! that's right we've now got darren doing puns it's the chris plays um because obviously chris is on the episode so i'm just gonna clap myself thank you <laughs> <laughs> well done. so we're, we're gonna do some plays and misplays that um all right go so we'll go around so chris do you want to start us off a play or misplay that you have oh i'm gonna do a play go for actually because it. it links on to what um 
No, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to do a play. And this was one of my favourite games, actually. So it leads on to too much information and stuff. So um, I was playing Sedge at Bobo um, back when Living City was just getting hot. Mm-hmm. And he had just brought out, what were they called? Uh, what's, oh, I forget the name of the book now. What's the Swamp People? Crawl oh, Boys. Yeah, that's it. Crawl Boys with all the shooters. Mm-hmm. So we were playing last game in Boba. And he's like, do you want to know about my army? Do you know anything? I was like, I don't know. He's like, well, should I tell? I was like, don't tell me. I said, tell you what, I'll ask you a direct question. If I Don't give me like sub-answers to it. You answer directly back. So if I say, does that shoot four shots? If it shoots five, don't offer that out to me. Tell me no, sort of thing. And that's how I played the game with him. Anyway, so it was a very cagey game. It was the mission, and you're probably going to know this, Owen, where the objectives, you roll the dice, and they come down in that segment, whatever it was. Um, oh, um, oh, God, now you're testing me. But, yeah, I know the one you mean. It was um, something to do with Falling Stars or something. It might actually be its name, Falling Stars, no? I don't know. You've gone to pot now. You're, you've, you're seeing someone, Owen. I know, mate. <laughs> I, mean, I heard on episode one would have known this. <laughs> Damn it. Um, <laughs> anyway. So you're on this drop scenario, yeah? <laughs> so we're on, this, we're on this drop. And so he keeps on trying to offer me this information. I'm like, no, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. So I've deployed like most of my army off the table that I was allowed to deploy off. And then there's some cheeky stuff that allowed me to deploy a little bit more off. And um, all the way through the game, he's trying to offer out this information. I, I don't want it. And we're going backwards and forwards, and I'm sort of like asking direct questions. What's their range of shots so they can go 24? And then, like, what's their movement? Oh, they can move five or six or whatever. And I had the best game, both like between me and him. We was laughing, jovial, and it was so, like, high-spirited. And I'd also probably played the best I've ever played, ever, to the point where I don't think you mind me saying this. I won the game by turn three with 700 points versus 2,000. <laughs> wow. And that's because I knew my game, knew what I wanted to do with my army, knew what it was meant to do, and got a little bit lucky where the deployment of the objectives were. I want to, I want to just lean into that a little bit as well. This is, this is one of the most common questions I get from people, is how do you, um, how do you know what to do when you're coming up against a new faction and you don't know what it does, you know, how do you stop that anxiety? How do you not go to shit? If you've got a really solid understanding of your own, your own plan and your own army, then just try it. (laughs) And if it doesn't work, then you can go back and you can tweak it once you've seen what the other army does. Um, But don't, don't think you have to, don't think you have to always be responding to your opponent when they've got when new stuff comes out you can still have your you can still do your plan you yeah. know yeah, you'll yeah. be a lot more your game will be a lot more comfortable if you're not always reacting yeah, so yeah. Don't, don't panic don't worry what chris has done there is he's gone i don't care what you do this is my plan yeah, <laughs> and yeah, i'm sure yeah. if, it hadn't, if it hadn't worked chris would have been able to tweak it for the next time you came into that yeah. situation. I mean, I don't know if that counts as a play or miss, whatever, but it no, but just, that makes sense. That's a, that, that's a just, good learning. Yeah, yeah. That, was a, that was a Chris play. That was a Chris, <laughs> Chris play. play. I, I did say, no, I'm going to say this. I did say that misplays is how I play Warhammer. Yeah. <laughs> it literally is nothing but misplays done a lot of times with lots of options to play lots of misplays, and I'm going to get lucky. Yeah. I designed my games to get lucky. 
<laughs> yeah, um, I think yeah. the mission was um, what was it called? Uh, Star Strike, by the way. You just googled that, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you Owen, misplay or play? I'm going to give a shout out, even though it kicked my team in the balls a little bit at Blood Ties. But um, I played against Rob Bradley, um, who's a lovely guy from South London Legion, been around for a long time. I hadn't seen him at a tournament for ages, to be honest with you. So it was really good to see him, and he was playing with Fact. He played Knights of the Empty Throne, um, uh, Archeon, six Baron Guards, some, um, some knights and a couple of little wizards and some chaff. And um, yeah, I got, yeah, I blew up most of his army with dwarves with guns by turn two. Um, 15 Thunderers, one-shotted Archeon. Yikes. Um, right. Yeah. So anyway, he got to his turn three and he had a Sorcerer Lord on foot. Okay. And over the course of a double, he managed to take an objective off 10 Arcanauts and five Thunderers, and then also score another objective and get his grand strategy all with a single model. Do you want to hear how he did that? It was amazing. So we're playing position over power, you know, where you've got your GCs on the flanks Mm -hmm. and the tiers. So we go into turn three, and he's got one Sorcerer Lord over there. Now, he is the Tunnel Master, and he hasn't used it. So what he does, I've swept the board, blown things up with boats, and, and I've, as I say, I've got ten Arco and about six Thunderers left on my home objective. So he Tunnel Master's nine inches away after giving himself all sorts of buffs, like plus one to charge from either gods. He gave himself a five-up ward, Mystic Shield. Basically, he was ready to... Ready to fuck. He was going Pretty to come up and do something. Yeah. <laughs> now, he either had an artifact or a command trait, which basically turned off all single and two-room models and objectives. Yeah. 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 So, Intelligence nice. away, charges in, makes an eight-inch charge on the re-roll, takes the objective off me, um, and then um, he's able to then... So that gets him his, his points. And then in the next turn, I finally managed... To, oh no, what he does then, sorry, this is it. Okay, so he makes the eight inch charge, he kills a couple of dudes, it doesn't matter, he lives, brilliant, he gets his objective. Now, because he's taken an objective off me, he gets to roll an eye of the gods again. Mm-hmm. He rolls a six and a one, he's able to re roll one dice, rolls it into another six, he turns, yeah! he turns his. <laughs> Fucking sorcerer lord into a demon prince and gets yeah. his own strategy. So um, he got yeah. he got five points for his team and he turned like <laughs> an eighteen two or nineteen one into a fifteen five. Um, fucking ball, that's beautiful. So um, yeah, the amount of value he got and he didn't, you know, he didn't. It was very easy for him to just shake on that. But he was like, look, we've got an hour left. I've got one model. I'm going to get as much as I can out of this. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. a massive shout to Rob for an absolute play. I think I told like everybody that was around the table. I was like, did you just see what he fucking did? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm a bit gutted that I didn't get like 18 points from my team, but that was insane. So yeah. a massive play from Rob. Um, big shout out to him. It yeah, that's great. Great to see. Thanks. Um, Darren. I have a misplay and a wonderful play, um, all from the same game from the Hans GT recently against Connor and his Mega Gargants. He had a really interesting list, actually. He used the regiments of renown, the shooters from the Crawl Boys. Um, and after the game, I sort of asked why. And he was like, well, they're, they're, they're nice cheap screens. You normally don't play Gargants. You don't normally have cheap screens. You've normally got 
the best thing you've got as a screen is a little gargant. Um, so he was using them as screens. He was like running them forward, which I thought was super interesting. He went 4-1 at the Hans GT with Mega Gargants as well. I think that's really fucking good. Um, this is going in my book of stupid fucking mistakes, and it involves redeploy again. So livid. In the first um, turn, it was Realmstone Cash, and he went, he went first and took the objective. So I was like, I don't want to go too far behind because I'm not going to get any points off primary um, for a good couple of turns, although hold that thought because that, that leans into my play. Um, so I don't want to go too far behind on um, battle tactics, and there's very few I'm going to be able to do because he hasn't killed anything, so I can't get eye for an eye. All my little dwarfs are any sort of four-inch move. So I, I see that I can get Desecrate. I can bring down my Rune Smiter and one of my little units. Um, and then I've got this run and charge Grimrath, because all the Grimraths, I've got five of them, and they've got, all got different oaths. And that he's because he's used his like big spear thing as like a as a as a um, as a screen. I was thinking, oh, I can just run and take that out, and that'll get one of my Grimraths further up the board. And if I get the double, that's going to get in there. It's going to swing. He's going to die. He's going to swing again. He's going to get some wounds on one of these gargants um, to try and shift them off as quick as possible. And I fucking run him within nine inches of all three of his fucking mega gargants because I'm a tit. And he just redeploys back to the piece of terrain. And obviously they count as 20 and I've got six models around that piece of terrain. It was really fucking stupid. I'm really, really sad. (laughs) And I lost lost second. I lost second to Russ by two points. So that cost me second place because I had a, a stronger strength of schedule. So, not that it's kept me up at night, not that I'm bitter. Um, but yeah, and I, speaking of Connor after as well, I was like, oh, see, are you doing really well with them, Mega Gargants? You know, how, are you, how are you trying to mitigate the fact that you're not this GHB, you're not getting a load of battle tactics? And he said, well, I don't get too many battle tactics, but my opponents don't either, you know, because a lot of them are kill something. It's fucking difficult. You don't always kill a Mega Gargant. You know, sometimes they get lucky. Um, and it's difficult to get desecrate because you can spread them about the board, can't you? And you can fucking redeploy if your opponent's a pit. Um, so that was my that was my misplay that I'm sad about. My Chris play <laughs> is to get... I went all out for the double into them because I didn't want to get too far too far behind on the um, the primary. And I also reasoned that I've got loads of these little units so if i did miss it he's still not i'm still going to be in the game so i was quite happy to take the risk um but it pays off and i managed to get into there was a there was a kraken eater and a gatebreaker on the realmstone cache and i managed to get a few shooting attacks into the gatebreaker the prime was quite happily doing his whirly splat into him, etc. The molten thing had gone off. So I'd taken it down to about 20 wounds and I got a couple of Grimraths in and my rune father. I had this one Grimrath on his own ch- chasing down the gatebreaker that had like 31 wounds left. Mm-hmm. So anyway, this chap throws an axe. The gatebreaker's got 30 wounds left. <laughs> this Grimrath's oath is one that is if you're wholly within 12 inches of an ally, you get plus one to hit, plus one to wound. Wonderful. He's got the Magmolt Draft, which one use only doubles your attacks for a combat round. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. He's within 12 inches of my Rune Father when my Rune Father pops his plus one attack. So he, he runs into this gatebreaker. I swing first with him. 
He's got nine attacks, twos, twos. I've used the rune that gives you plus one rend in the um, from the the fire slayer special runes that they get. Yeah, yeah. I've used the heroic I've been action. snorting some gold to get it. Yeah, exactly. And I've used the heroic action to give him a further f- plus one. So he's ruined. So he's nine attacks, twos, twos, rend four, damage two. He swings. I don't miss any ones. Fantastic. So he's straight away. He's down eighteen. 18 wounds. He's got 12 left. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I fucked him right <laughs> I could, up. I can see where this and is going. Yeah. Then he swings into my room father with his gate breaker because my room father's quite tasty. Um, but I've got another Grim Wrath that's got a, um, a. You can chin off wounds on a free plus to, to them, basically. So he fails to kill my room father. Then I swing. Then I swing with my room father, and my room father does fucking shit tons of damage. Wonderful. So the, the second gatebreaker, the, the the Kraken Eater dies, and it's also died to the 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 bodyguard on a two plus got to swing and did a load of wounds as well. And then his gatebreaker, I was really hoping this would happen, kills my Grimrath Berserker. But on a two plus I get to swing again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was like, this he was like, How many points is that? And he's like, There are 110 points, motherfucker. <laughs> and then you rolled a one. No, 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 no. I fucking smashed him up. I really like to think of, you know, I imagine like Fire Slayers have got like something to the equivalent of Valhalla, let's say, mm. right? And you imagine they're all in the drinking hall and they're like, oh, why did you come? Why? Did, how did you get here? Ah, oh, I killed two goblins. Oh, well done, chap. How did you get here? Oh, I killed that fucking Durthu that's got the three up, the three up ethereal save. Oh, yeah, well done. How yeah, did yeah, you yeah. get here, Timothy? I killed a fucking Mega Gargant, mate. Fuck off, you did. Yes, I fucking did. After I got killed, yeah, exactly. Do you know how I see the fire slate? It's like Asterix and Obelix. That's how I see it. Yeah. yeah. yeah Asterix just went in and absolutely... And, you know, this This for me is why I play Warhammer. That moment's going to stay with me for for eons. It was just... It was beautiful. Like two dropping two gargant, mega gargants in a turn and getting... And getting like the primary, you know, the realm, and getting me back into the game, making up for that fucking stupid error that I made earlier on. I didn't deserve to win that game. Sometimes you just get fucking lucky. So anything yeah, yeah. can happen in Age of Sigma. So roll the dice. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Perfect. I do. Perfect. I do have a tip for anyone fighting against KO. I thought you were going to say Darren then. <laughs> no, 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 no. Anyone fighting against KO, if you happen to be feeling the prime, right? Just put it in cover. Give it Mystic Shield. Give it Finest Hour. And then all that defence. So when the Thunderers shoot you, you're golden. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for that very specific tip, Chris. <laughs> it has to be the Prime. <laughs> the Prime loves KO. I, I defeated KO twice at the Hans GT. I had the Prime in my Fire Slayer list. I don't know how I fucking did it. But the, the Prime going off and hitting the boat does a fuck ton of mortal wounds. Beautiful. Well, maybe we'll have to do a future Prime episode and then get you back. Um, right, my Chris play from a misplay. Do you like that? Chris play from a misplay. Love so, it. I was playing a certain My Hill at uh, a certain My Hill's house, um, naming no names, <laughs> Rick. And um, Rick did something very, I think, very clever, which he clearly learned from playing with you guys a lot. Uh, this was... I was using Evocator's, I think, Evocator's drop list. And we'd been talking, he was using his random chaos craziness, as per usual. 
And we were talking about how the only unit in his list that could ever deal with the Evocators was the uh, Chaos Sorcerer on Manticore. So we're having all this conversation, and it was in... Um, oh, I want to say Realmstone Cache, but that's not what it was called. It was the similar one, to whenever it was two editions ago. And in deployment, he stuck it right out by itself in the corner. Just by itself. And we'd, we'd literally been speaking for... for, for at least 20 minutes about how it was the only thing that could get rid of them. And it stuck it right out by itself. And I did the classic, I'm too excited. <laughs> <laughs> My eyes lit up like a kid in a sweet shop. And I thought, what's he doing? I'm just, I'm just going to kill it. So, of course, game starts. I come down and I kill it. I thought, oh, that's great. So, obviously, Rick does his classic Rick where he's just like, yeah, okay, fine, whatever. And... What it meant because of the, the scenario was that that unit was now stuck in the middle of nowhere. And yeah, it got rid of the thing, but he got rid of them by putting them in a place on the board where they couldn't affect the game at all. And so they spent the next two, three, four turns trudging their way back towards any sort of objective. And by the time they got there, the game was already over. Move so, four, baby. Yeah, exactly. So that was my, <laughs> that was my misplay. Which led to my Chris play, which <laughs> I played that same lovely gentleman at Blood Tithe, who was using Slanesh before Slanesh, but after Slanesh were good, but before they were good again. So in that middle period where they were generally one of the worst factions I've ever seen, and mm-hmm. he was using that, and he did the same thing again with the one unit that could have done anything to me. And I remembered it, and I thought, you little bastard, you're trying to do exactly the same thing to me that you did last time. Well, I'm not going to fucking fall for it this time. And so um, that led to my Chris play, which meant I went the completely opposite side to it, cleared off the rest of it, and then he had the one unit left on its lonesome. Not doing anything. Yeah, so I'd like to say Chris play from a misplay. There we go. And, and from this, I must talk to Rick, and he must rewrite his playbook. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So I, well, I say thank you to Rick for that. because then. He, so that's it. That's the last section. So hope you've all enjoyed listening to our, um, to our latest episode. And thanks, Chris, for coming on and giving your, uh, giving your tips and tricks for everything. So, yeah, thank you very much. It's, it's great. Thank you for having me. Just hope you don't have to spend too long editing. <laughs> Always. It's fine. I enjoy it now. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Darren. Thanks, Owen. Thanks, um, love. Thanks. And um, again, thanks to all of you for listening. And thanks to all your comments on Twitter. I, I certainly enjoy reading them all. So please keep sending them in. So thanks, everyone. Be kind. Look after each other. And we'll catch you all next time. So cheers. Bye bye.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.